This episode is brought to you by JList.com. On JList.com, you can shop from an amazing catalog of anime goods such as anime games, visual novels, toys, Japanese snacks, books, and so much more. Support this podcast and visit JList.com for all your anime shopping needs. Can I make one more quick comment about the character battle? Yes. Uh, Just like last time, I'm going to do the same thing that I always do. Mm -hmm. If you get a perfect bracket in this character battle, I'm not even kidding you, I will fly to your house <laughs> and give you $1,000 of cash out of my pocket. He'll, if, if it I holds swear, from last time, I he will it. let you take it out of his pocket. I've got the money. I've got the money. I will do it. I've thought about even taking the money out of my bank account, just lay it, laying it out on the, the table here just to show you. But I swear, if you fill out a bracket and get a perfect bracket, I will, I will fly to your house and personally give you $1,000. I'll even get down on one knee and hand it to you. And propose to you. You are listening to the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Make your anime addiction worse at aaapodcast.com. And now, here are your anime addicts. And welcome to the 325th episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. We are dedicated to one thing, and what is that, my friends? To make, make your, your anime, anime addiction, addiction worse. You just heard the velvety toy, toy, toys. toys, tones, to- the velvety toys of the, the velvety tones of the velvety tones of Mitsugi and. What's up, everybody? We have a jam-packed show for you today. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Pleasure to be here. I really am curious to know, Mitsugi, what you define as jam-packed. Like, like when some I, episodes are not jam-packed. Other episodes are jam-packed. When I'm concerned about fitting all of it into our two-hour window, it's jam-packed. Okay. And what? we also have Kazuo. Say hi. Oh, hi, everybody. It's so good to be here. I didn't want to, I didn't want you to think I forgot you. Oh, that's... Uh, I, you, I had a question for Mitsugi. How I, could you forget me? Never. I could never forget you. Oh, we have a new person in the chat. Hello, uh, Deirdre Curly. Oh, yay. I love it when people join the chat. Deirdre? You can find us at aaapodcast.com. Don't forget to create an account to get access to hentai episodes, hobby addicts, after parties, and a bunch of other content that adds up to like eight additional podcast episodes a month. Some pretty good shit. Yeah, so we, you know, we're we're doing what we can. We got the hentai. To step up our game. We got hobbies. We got parties. <laughs> We're not boring, we swear. <laughs> and eventually there will be a mobile app. Eventually. Someday. I did see draft two of the mobile app. I saw it. It was much improved. It was much closer. Yes. But still not there yet. We're moving in the right direction. Yeah. So on today's episode, we're going to be talking about streaming, specifically Western companies' influence in the anime industry and how the streaming market has changed over the past couple years. And then we're going to have a review on Musaigen no Phantom World, also known as Mariah... I I can't say this word. I literally can't. Myriad Myriad Colors. Thank you. Myriad... I like that's something not like the podcast. I literally can't say that. You're a writer. You couldn't say the English title? No. Myriad Colors. (laughs) Not a, like the Japanese world. title, no problem. <laughs> the English title, no, honestly, that's asking too much. Mir- myriad, 
Mi- yes. Myriad? Mar- mar- myriad. Okay, that's that's just, and it's enough. No, no, I'm serious. That's just a word that I have trouble saying. And you know what? You should never make fun of somebody who can't pronounce a word. It's not even a hard word. Because it means they learned it while reading. Or they have a speech impediment. Or And both of them would suck to make fun <laughs> of them for that. <laughs> just to let everybody know that there is a poll up on our main site, aaapodcast.com, for our spring 2016 listener's choice. Yes, and, um, and an anime that none of us want to watch is winning, so I would like to rectify that. <laughs> I wouldn't that. say Thank none you. of us. <laughs> so you can go there. And oh, what, you want to watch it? Oh, you want to watch Incest Pedophilia? I may already be watching it. No, you're not. No, I'm definitely You're not. such a liar. <laughs> <laughs> the only one of us who's watching that is Kimiko, and she was going to watch it anyway. That's true. So if you go to aaapodcast.com and scroll down, vote in the listener's choice poll and let us know what you think we should watch. But then there's also a section that talks about the character bra- the character battle. Yes. The so, bracket is now up. So every year we do we do the character battle. It's almost every year. The character battle is we take we receive nominations from you, the listener, for about a month or so. You nominate your favorite characters in whatever way we request it. This year, it's Manly versus Moe. So you were supposed to nominate Manly characters and Moe characters, you know? And I tallied it all up, and we had something like 1,100 different characters nominated. Wow. That's, that's a shitload of characters. A lot, right? And so I took all of these different nominations... And I made two brackets. I made a bracket that had that in the first round of the of the of the of the tournament pits off a manly character versus a moe character in every match in the first round. And the number one seeds, which are presumably the most powerful characters in the tournament, the right. most frequently nominated, were Saitama. Okay. The, the overall number one seed. He got he got more nominations than anybody. He's, he's quite moe. No, that he's 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 on the manly oh. side. Uh, the number two, the, the other number one seed on the manly side is Joseph Joestar from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I feel like both of these make sense. Wait, so yeah. there are two number one seeds? I'm confused. Every tournament has four number one seeds. But that's not how math works. That's how tournament bracket I know, works. I'm just joking. And then the on, on the Moe side, the first number one seed was Madoka from Madoka Magica. And the second was a character that I'm not that familiar with, but her name is Mirai from Kyokai no Kanata. So those are your those are your four number one seeds, and there were some surprise nominations in the tournament. In addition to people nominating things like Space Elevator, <laughs> and your yes. dick, your dick, and my dick, we're both <laughs> we're both which, in there. Which I told Vitsugi we needed to have one corner of the bracket that was your dick against my dick. <laughs> so that was pretty funny, but but then there were some legitimate nominations. Moomen Rider from awesome. from One Punch Man got enough votes to get in. He's a 15 seed. Um, so yeah, Movement Rider got in. Jet got in from Cowboy Bebop, which oh, has okay. never been in the tournament Super before. Super manly though. He is manly, so that makes sense. He he finally fits the criteria. Um, and then uh, and then Hestia was is a new character that got in from from uh, Don Machi. So you know, boob ribbon girl. Oh yeah yeah. So those are just some interesting some interesting characters that are first timers. And uh, of course, I plucked out most of the overpowered characters. Like, there's no Spike, there's no Ed Elric, there's no Vash, there's no the Major. There's n- all those characters that always win aren't in, aren't in there. So, so we we will have a new winner. And the and the most exciting thing is that thanks to JList.com for their continued generosity towards us, they have offered two prizes. We are going to have a first per place and a second place winner. The first place winner will get a $100 gift card to JList.com to purchase anything you want. Go crazy. And the runner-up will get will will receive the video game Sei Naru Kana, The Spirit of Eternity Sword 2, which is an anime-themed JRPG. 
that's supposed to be like 50 hours long. It's on the computer. It's like this big RPG with a world map and everything, and it's all anime characters. And But just to make a note, you have to be 18 years old yeah. or else we'll substitute out that second prize. So J- and J-List has a boatload of, 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 anime, of anime-themed games on their website. They have 300 games on there. So we are heading into the summer lull, so if anybody wants to check out any, any anime-themed games, they have a bunch of them on there. But we do have two cool prizes, so if you go to our website, www.aapodcast.com, you can scroll down a little bit and fill out the character battle bracket. It's Just filling out the bracket alone is fun. Um, it's, it's much like the March Madness tournament that people do, and you can win um, a $100 gift card or the Say Nadu Kana video game. So I recommend you guys go check it out. It's free. You can make an account. It's free. So just just takes five seconds. Just just do it. Just do it. Just do it. And we're going to be taking nominations for the next uh, few weeks. So so get on there and make it happen. It's not nominations. Brackets. 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 Yeah. We're in. We're now. We are not making brackets. So. Just just to keep it clear. I made my bracket. Who can beat Mitsugi? I did pretty well last year. You did. I I, I need to give you a run for your money I, this year. I would note that I demolished all of you last year. I've got to make a bracket. That's because I vote with my heart. <laughs> yeah, I remember that from last year. <laughs> My heart is usually wrong. <laughs> I will say that that both oh, <laughs> also both bo- both uh, Squirtle and Vileplume got nominations. <gasps> oh yes! But oh my god! They that... are, but they're not in the bracket. What? Squirtle is so manly. Yeah, but the characters that are on the bracket were all multiple nominated multiple times, like six times or more at least. That reminds um, me, Kazuo, I have a photo for you. <gasps> So this oh photo is God. one of the in case of emerge or in case of fire break glass and behind the glass is a Squirtle plushie. That is amazing. <laughs> I'm actually gonna put a link to the character battle in the chat so you guys can go make your brackets if you're watching live. I saved that just for you, Cosmo. Okay. You. Trivia. So this week's answer for the trivia, we are still on anime monsters as our theme, and the answer was Moltres from Pokemon. And despite being a Pokemon there wasn't many answers. No, no um, almost everybody who answered thought it was Assassination Classroom. Oh. And I think that's because the main monster guy in that is yellow, and Moltres oh. is yellow. And you were Moltres like, is white. You were like really... Z- no, no, Moltres is yellow and red. It's yellow and red. Oh, I thought it was like it's, a it, white-ish he, she, body. Whatever. Yeah, oh, so okay, I'm thinking of the white-ish flames. That's you had it was... zoomed in so much, it just looked yellow, oh. and people just thought it was Assassination Classroom, So, but that's oh, okay. not right. That's incorrect. And, and Moltres is technically a pocket monster. Yep, indeed. All right, so the correct answers were Nyanko-sensei, level 69 Arcanine, and Kind Kieran. Only three answers And the correct. winner was Nyanko-sensei. Yeah, that's the second week in a row, so you're on wow. fire. You're literally uh, on fire. Just Dang. like Moltres? Uh. Yeah, just like Moltres. <laughs> and if this was M- if this was NBA Jam, they'd be like, "He's on fire! He's on fire! It's a barn burner from downtown! <laughs> Ugly shot!" <gasps> All right. Speaking of Pokemon, every week we have an in-show weekly trivia question. That's just you to challenge yourself for fun. So this weekly in-show trivia question is: In the Poke Rap, which Pokemon comes after Nidoran? <laughs> Electro Diglett Nidoran. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now you know. Oh, I know. And just so that we don't give anyone an unfair advantage to take the poke rap out of your head, it's time. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's time for an almighty anime mailbag. Anime. 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 Mailbag. Bag, bag, bag. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, there it is. If you want to submit a mailbag, you can go to aaapodcast.com and click on the mailbag button. Mailbag. The only thing holding you back from going right into our mailbag is clicking that button. Do it now. Come on. It's the fact that it's so full that you're sitting, (laughs) that you're putting your mailbags on the ground and hoping people don't steal them. We do have what? a lot. Yeah. <laughs> the first, yeah, we're like, there's like a hundred, we're a hundred, we're a hundred behind. The, uh, I but I still love you all. You're all amazing. So the mail, the first mailbag is from Yotari Vegeta, who, who seems to have one every week. You, you are great indeed. Group question. I love this question. This is great. Okay. Who would, who would you put on the OP main character, Mount Rushmore? Now, I don't really know what he means by OP main character. So I just kind um, of, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking like just anime Mount Rushmore. Oh, okay. Do you know what that uh, means? Well, do you know well, what he means by that? Yeah. It's overpowered. Well, like the the Mount, if, if it was if this was the sport, the, the Mount Rushmore of sports, right. like if I was to say to you, Kazuo, oh, who, who is the Mount? Who is on the Mount Rushmore of boxing? It'd be like Muhammad Ali, mm-hmm. Mike, Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson yeah. um, you know, like the like the four bad greatest of all time. So, who right. are the four faces that belong on the anime Mount Rushmore? Well, are we doing anime Mount Rushmore or overpowered? I'll do, I'll do mine first because yeah, his okay. question was who who would you put on the. OP, which is overpowered main character Mount Rushmore, but well, we, whatever we can do both if you want real quick. I just that is not that's not how I did this. I said the, no it's got to be Hayao Miyazaki, oh. Akira Toriyama, Osamu Tezuka, and then I took an actual character. It's got to be Sazai-san, right? I was gonna say you basically completely ignored. <laughs> it was like main character, nah. Well, I'm if it's gonna pick if a it's non-character, Sazai-san fits, but that's about it. If it's OP main character, if it's overpowered characters, it's got to be Goku. I was going to say Goku. I'll, maybe Saitama. we can do this by committee. They're all Dragon Ball characters. No, there's only... You can't, not everybody yeah. in Dragon Ball is a main character. Well, sort of. I, I like I like Goku. Goku, definitely. Saitama is very overpowered. That's the point I'll of the show. I, yeah. can, I can see a case for him if we want to have a newer character Squirtle. on our Mount Rushmore. <laughs> <laughs> Squirtle. Um... Yeah, I don't really know. I'm not. Wasn't prepared to answer the question this way. Gold. I I can tell you right now. I can tell you right now. They're all they're all shonen characters. I can tell you that right now. What about like Ichigo from Bleach? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I I, I'm not that familiar with with all with. I'm not that familiar with Bleach to be able to to be able to tell you. But um, yeah, definitely. I mean, honestly, it's probably Goku, Birusu, Vegeta. And we main characters. Four, there you go, right there. <laughs> <laughs> it is. They're the they're the only characters that matter. They're in not the main character. There's one main character. No, in Dragon Ball Super, they're the What's only you, four characters that matter. Once Cosmo, we are on a boat. We are on the land, and Mitsuki is far out to sea. I jumped. And we're like, come back, Mitsuki. I jumped off. The, you come guys, back. No, you guys are on the boat, and I jumped off because I noticed it was sinking, and you two are going down <laughs> with the ship. Okay. Yeah. Next question. (laughs) Next question. (laughs) Do you want to read it, Kazuo? Sure. Uh, This one comes from The Creepster. It says, Typically, people who don't follow comics here have heard of Marvel and DC. When asked to name some superheroes or villains, they would most likely name some from the Marvel Universe or DC Universe. My question is this. Are there any names that even those who don't know anything from the industry... What? What? Maybe could name in Japan. Name in Japan. What? Like I think maybe the question is so I'm like lost. <laughs> so like I I never I never was super into comic book culture or reading that growing up and I have a lot of interest now but okay. that's because of the movies and so like if you ask me to name some comic book villains chances are they're gonna be all Marvel and DC and probably all from from the movies okay because that's like my frame of reference right and I think that's true of most Americans these days mm-hmm. so I think that what the creepster is asking is what characters are the same 
game for Japanese people an anime. So, so for characters- Japanese people who aren't super into anime, okay. what are characters, what are villains that they would know even they if would they don't know. follow the media? Does it have yeah. to be villains? No, just you know, superheroes or villains. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, for sure. I, I mean, I, you know what? I'll let you guys go first. I always go first. Go ahead. Okay. So characters that everyone would know even if they're not necessarily into anime? Anyone from One Piece and Dragon Ball. Yeah. Well, and, and specifically in Japan. Yeah, anyone from One Piece and Dragon yeah. Ball. Yeah. Um, in the States, I mean, One Piece is big, but I don't think it's nearly anywhere near as big as it is in, in Japan. Like, Yeah, but the question's asking for, from Japan. Oh, okay. Um, so so uh, any of the characters from, I guess right now, uh, Yokai Watch. I don't know any of the characters <laughs> from that show, but yeah, I hear that's monstrous over there. So. Team Rocket and Ash. Right. I... I mean, I, I think probably probably characters from like Toriko or whatever. Um, any any of the anime, actually, you know what gets a lot of love in Japan from general people, even Hunter Hunter. I had a okay. number of conversations with Japanese people who, even if they didn't like, I had this one friend who really didn't watch anime, but they knew they knew Gone from Hunter Hunter. And they knew um, now. I'm forgetting his name, but the 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 clown guy. Um, oh, um, Mitsuki Yuuki. Hisoka. Hisoka. Thank you. <laughs> He's very creepy. Yeah. He they, wants he wants Gon's little boy body. They they <laughs> knew they knew Gon and Hisoka kind of out the bat, even though they really never watched anime. No, Kazuo, you don't understand. Hisoka would look at Gon like fighting, and his and he would like start drooling, and his eyes would roll up in his head. Okay. He's <laughs> totally weird. Um, I have some good answers to this question. I know for a fact. And he's modest too. <laughs> what? Nothing. Excuse nothing. me. Go on. No, well, nothing. I know for a fact that most people in Japan recognize and know Akichi Onizuka. Even like old women who worked at my schools knew him because it had a live-action television drama, and most people know it because of that. They also they also know Space Brothers, but they don't know the characters because Space Brothers had a had a TV had a t had a movie. So they so they know the they know the they, they know the name because of the movie, but they don't know the characters in it. Now, a character that everybody knows, no matter how old or young they are, is Sazai-san. They all know it. It's basically a a a cultural icon in Japan. Right. It, it's pro- she's probably the most well-known character in Japan. That show has been running for over thirty years. It has it has over, it's got like four thousand four thousand episodes. And I was hoping you were going to say nine thousand. And it has such <laughs> a, it has such an influence over people's lives because it's it's on TV on Sunday night that there's actually a syndrome in Japan called Sazai-san syndrome where the fact that the TV show was on TV reminded people that they had to go to that they had to go to work the next morning and the Sazai-san effect was that there is a drastically higher number of suicides in Japan on Sunday night they watch Sazai-san and they just realize they have to go to work and they can't deal with it and they kill themselves what? Yeah. Yeah. For 100%, that's, that's a real thing. Google it's it. specifically tied to Sazai-san. They call it Sazai-san because to be a Sazai-san is the number one television show in Japan, bar none. And it's none. been on forever. It's been on TV show for 40 years, and everybody in Japan watches it, and, and they realize, oh my God, it's Sunday night. I have to go to work. I can't deal with it. So they just kill themselves. Um, uh-huh. Detective Conan, obviously Shin-chan, and a lot of Shonen chick characters. They, they know, Everybody knows the Dragon Ball and the One Piece characters. Right. Everybody. Everybody. Is um wasn't Evan? I mean, Evangelion was huge in Japan yes. for a good while. Is yes. that still? Yeah, huge. So giant. For some reason, there's there's just so many pachinko machines and billboards, and it's everywhere. I don't really get it. But well, now they have the movies. True. So now it's getting like a reboot. But yeah, Sazai-san syndrome. Go look that up. Okay. Sazai-san has 
has 6,000 eps, episodes, from, from according to some, someone in the chat, uh, Sheik Abu. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, it does. It's just it's just a TV show about a woman about a about a, a household a home st- a stay at home mother who takes care of the, f- the family and it's just like about a typical Japanese family. That's all it is. There's not like fighting or action. It's just down to earth slice of life, you know, hmm. cultural goodness. Okay. All right. The next one comes from Kadukos. It's just a short question, but here's the context first. I'm the fourth descendant of a musician dynasty in Austria of all places. Um, that's like the start of a book. <laughs> I know, right? Like, Somewhere in Austria. <laughs> Who are you? The fourth descendant of a musician dynasty is born. Yeah, like, hi. I was born, like most of my family, with a good talent and feeling for music. However, <laughs> I, I am now the first in four generations to stray away from the family business and do something else. Even though I went on many talent shows and child prodigy promotion events. Who are you? (laughs) So to say I'm a failed musician or so to say I am a failed musician out of choice, but it's still something deep within me. I've heard that Your Lie in April is about a failed child prodigy who kind of loses his passion for music and playing, even though he still very much enjoys still playing and that. (laughs) <laughs> this goes back to the can't read <laughs> and that people get really torn up about it. So finally, my question is how hard will this anime destroy even more? So with my backstory, it will wreck you. <laughs> it will massacre you. It will crush you. It will take your heart. Do I have your enemies? It. it will crush your enemies. And the lamentations <laughs> of the women. <laughs> um, honestly, you're lying in April. Your description is a little bit off because it's not really about a failed child prodigy. No. Well, it's the, more. It's more about a child you, you, who's emotionally traumatized. Yeah, but you never fail until you quit. But Wait, I think, and he did quit for a he while. He did quit for a while. So <laughs> I think. He's I think failure. the thing is, though, is that like he was a child prodigy who, or or whether or not he was a prodigy, just a child who was very good at it. That everyone had a lot of high expectations for, and thought the obvious thing was that he was going to go on and continue playing the piano, and he walked away from it. And so on that level, I could I could see it resonating with, with you, Karukos. This is fun. The chat is filling out their character battle brackets, and they're realizing that Geist, MD Geist, is in the bracket. And uh, how, how do you beat MD Geist? I don't know. He kills everybody. He, he is, is the, the most, most dangerous. <laughs> I got to see. I just got to check this. Who, what poor Moe girl has to fight Geist oh in the first God. round? Can we, can we please just, just put a visualization to this real quick? Oh, my gosh. Geist is up against, I can't find him. G-E-I-S-T. Geist is up against Taiga from Toradora. Oh, that sounds about like a fair fight. It's a popular popular girl character, but uh, he's going to crush your skull. Oh, my God. Okay, just kidding. All right. Um, Yeah, it's really sad. Yeah, and I'm sure you'll be able to connect with it, especially considering your lineage. Yeah. All right. Next question. (laughs) Next mailbag. Uh, it's a short one. comes from Nelly1876, and it just says, Easy question. What anime do you think you've recommended the most times? Moara, Penguin, Drum, and Utena. Oh, man. What have I... That's a good question. Oh, for you, for sure, it's like Digimon. What? That's not true. You love Digimon Yeah, but so I don't much. recommend Digimon to people. Oh, you love it. Yeah, th- no, for sure. I don't I know. One Punch Man may already be a contender. You I know, know what? it's new, but it, I, it might be a contender. It might. You know what? I think you're right. <laughs> I think I've recommended One Punch Man to... The entire world. Not, not that I'm saying it's a bad possible. thing. I'm just saying I, 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 I realize it's new, but I think yeah. that one might be up there for you. No, I think you're right. I mean, uh, but aside from One Punch Man, 
I don't know. Um, maybe Beck or something like that. Yeah, Beck. Beck sounds right for you. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Mitsuki? Um, for sure, <laughs> it's the Twelve Kingdoms and Crest of the Stars. Okay, I was one hundred percent, one hundred percent guarantee. Also, Future Boy Conan a lot gets gets recommended, for sure. So, yeah, cross game. A lot of uh, what Satoshi Kon stuff as well. Yeah, but just, well, Satoshi Kon is so underappreciated nowadays. I feel like no one even knows who he is anymore. The anime fandom is so cyclical. It has such a has such a quick turnover rate that people that you know, movies that came out 15 years ago just are totally gone, you know, totally vanished. Even though there's, even though his movies are really fun, like Tokyo Godfathers, right? No one's seen them, so I mean, I mean, they're worth recommending. Okay, okay, okay. Next question. I think it's your turn, Mitsuki. Shizuo writes, "What anime do you think are loved and celebrated for its novelty factor rather than the overall quality and substance?" Oh, oh, oh all right. Well, okay. Well then. <laughs> You want to guess what I'm going to say? Um, I don't know. Yoamushi Metal. <laughs> Are you serious? That show sucks. It's not that novel, though. I think it's loved and celebrated for... I don't. God, I don't even know why. For someone who hates Yoamushi Metal, you're like the number one advertiser of that show in the world. I'm. This is reverse you can't advertising. Stop, you, can't stop, you can't stop talking about it. You love it. You know... No. I, maybe, maybe this is a discussion. Maybe I'm completely wrong. Okay. But... The first thing that popped into my head, and, and hang with me a second on this. If you say One Punch Man, we're going to have a problem. I was going to say K-On. <laughs> because I feel like K-On was the first like high hmm. school music club anime out there. I mean, since then, we've had... It's been done to death. Yeah, it's been done to death. But I'm trying to think of pre-K-On, that like, high school girl music group kind of thing. And, and I, I'm not saying it wasn't done... But I feel like K-On was yeah. that quintessential, like, kind of cutesy, moe-esque music, instruments, cute girls just hanging out and having a good time. And let's face it, that show has I not actually, that much substance. I actually agree. I mean, I think a whole genre was born out of that. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, I, I, would, I would agree as well. So, hmm. But, I, I mean, when I first watched uh, K-On, I was actually really sort of impressed by the idea. You know, that was, you know, eight years ago or whatever. But, I mean, since then, the whole the novelty of K-On has worn off, and they're all just sort of the same type of thing over and over again, so I don't get that same level of appreciation out of it. But back in with the first K-On, I was, you know, this was a really interesting concept. So, right. Well, here's a question. Do you think that, I mean, so back when K-On first came out, uh, I think a lot of us thought it was a pretty good show. And it, at the time, it was fairly unique. But now that it's been done just a million times since then, do you think that lessens the quality of the show? And should it? Well, fairly. I think that back then it was good because it had novelty. But it just just as just as Shizuo's question suggests, mm-hmm. it wasn't the quality or the substance. Right. Even though I think Kaon it looks pretty nice, it wasn't the substance of it. It was the novelty. But mm-hmm. now if now that it's been done ten times, you take the novelty away and it has nothing. True. Yeah. There's nothing about it that makes it unique. And, you know, I think to, to your point, Kazuo, that's that's kind of, I feel like, a question that critics and reviewers just have to ask themselves in general is, do you look at something comparative to the time period it came out in? Right. Or do you look at something comparative to what your experience is now and what your body of work, or what, what your, not body of work, but um, 
understanding is right. and, and, and whatnot. And so I don't think there's a right or a wrong way between mm-hmm. them. Well, yeah, because I, I mean, and I've been thinking about this recently. I was thinking about like old video games and how likewise to this situation, if you were to go and review a game that came out 20 years ago, by today's standards, it would be garbage. Whereas back then it might've been like the greatest thing ever. Yeah. But I think, I think it's in my mind, it's one of those things where we can say it maybe is a novel thing, but we have to, by looking at history, but if someone reviews it and they've seen 10 other high school shows, they're not going to get that same experience. Okay. Can I, can I make one more quick comment about the character battle? Yes. Uh, Just like last time, I'm going to do the same thing that I always do. As you may or may not know, it is pretty much impossible to get a perfect bracket. If you get a perfect bracket in this character battle, I'm not even kidding you, I will fly to your house <laughs> and give you $1,000 of cash out of my pocket. He'll, if, if it I holds swear, from last time, I he swear will it. let you take it out of his pocket. I've got the money. I've got the money. I will do it. I've thought about even taking the money out of my bank account and just lay it, laying it out on the, the table here just to show you. But I swear, if you fill out a bracket and get a perfect bracket, I will, I will fly to your house and personally give you $1,000. What if somebody I, actually does get it's a Im- He'll it do is, it. He is, will. It I is, have no doubt. It is impossible. Do you know what the odds are of doing it in the March Madness tournament? Because uh, it no. was because <laughs> it, it was worse than it was worse than a quintillion to one. That's forty two zeros. Holy cow! But it may not be that bad for our tournament. But I still swear to you, I will give you a thousand dollars of cash out of my own out of my wallet. I'll fly to your house. <laughs> I'll even get down on one knee and hand it to you, and propose to you. Oh snap! <laughs> I would not go that far. Things just got real. I We're going to take a, a short anime news break, and when we come back, why does proposing make you a hoe? We're <laughs> because, <laughs> because it's like you're paying for my, it's like I'm. there's money involved. Okay, we're going to talk about anime streaming, and then later on we're going to have a review of, what is it? The Musaiga No Phantom World. Hail you anime addicts, this is Chiaki and this is your anime news break. First up, we've mentioned before that Duroc DeWitt, I know I'm pronouncing that name wrong, and Studio Ghibli's The Red Turtle film was airing at the Cannes Film Festival. Well, I'm really excited to say that it won the special jury prize at the Uncertain Regard, again, pronouncing it wrong, section of the festival. The the film screened this past week and was obviously met with a very positive reception. In other news, for you Attack on Titan fans, you'll soon be able to attack on coloring. As Kodansha USA has announced that they have added the Attack on Titan coloring book as well as an Attack on Titan the anime guide to their catalog. Kodansha just shipped the Attack on Titan coloring book in Japan last month. It's 60 pages that recreates 12 quote-unquote missions from the first 18 manga volumes as well as trivia quizzes. So you can attack on coloring sometime soon. In other news, for those of you who don't already know, Hideaki Anno is helming the upcoming Godzilla Resurgence film. If that name's familiar, yes, Anno is the director of Neon Genesis Evangelion. As a side note, Attack on Titan's Shinji Higuchi, who wrote storyboard for several Evangelion episodes, is also involved on the Godzilla project. 
Therefore, it should come as absolutely no surprise that an Evangelion-Godzilla crossover exists. What has transpired following an April Fool's update to the Godzilla Resurgence website this year? The latest aspect of the collaboration is a figure of Godzilla with coloring and design that, well, is reminiscent of Evangelion's Unit 01. You can find pictures of this online, and to be honest, I don't know how much I'd pay for it because it looks like a Godzilla figure that's painted to look like an Ava. But if nothing else, it's kind of interesting to look at. Now, for those of you who like to keep up with new anime the second things are released, you'll want to head over to the official website for the original video anime of Little Cheese's Trick or Alice romance game. They've begun streaming an advanced promotional video this past week. You can find translations of the video on Anime News Network and I'm sure in other locations as well. And finally, speaking of the latest anime updates, Aniplex of America has announced that the Erased television anime series will be getting an English dub. No further information surrounding the project was announced at this time. This was Chiaki, and this was your Anime News Break. Don't go anywhere because we'll be back to the show soon. We know the truth. It's written all over your face. You're addicted to anime. But it's more than that, isn't it? Are you also addicted to the AAA podcast? Get all the content. Early episodes, after parties, hobby addicts, hentai episodes, show notes, ringtones, and more by joining our $7 support tier. Go to aapodcast.com slash join and select the $7 tier to get access to everything. This means you'll get an extra eight episodes of podcast goodness delivered right to your ears every month. That's less than $1 per episode. And that's on top of all the other bonuses, like ringtones and show notes. So head to aaapodcast.com forward slash join and select the $7 tier. Set up your membership and you're good to go. When it comes to Pokemon, don't mess with Kazuo. I was in sixth grade, and I had Pokemon on my Game Boy. I had a Game Boy Pocket, I think, at the time. I was in gym class, and we're in the locker room, and I'm getting changed. This kid runs by, grabs my Game Boy, and bolts. <gasps> and so I never got it back. Kid stole my Game Boy with my Pokemon in it. So in sixth grade, uh, one of my electives, I was a teacher's assistant. This kid had that teacher. So I basically went, allegedly, went into the computer and wrecked all of his grades <gasps> yes. and oh found his locker combination because the teacher keeps a record of all that broke into his allegedly broke into his <laughs> locker stole all of his pokemon cards which he had a ton of and took all of his textbooks and threw them away i think he assumed it was me we did end up getting to, into a fight later on <laughs> And he beat his ass. Yeah, yeah, I got into a lot of fights in school. He beat that kid's ass. Didn't yeah, you? yeah, used definitely. To fighting. Back to the show. And we're back to the 325th episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Ugh. Yeah. I hate That's the veggie chip. And we back. You know, we are a quarter of the way to 400. We are three. We are we are more than three quarters of the way to 400. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, well, from zero. Well, I that's meant that's math. <laughs> <laughs> math. I meant I meant from three hundred. Okay. What three hundred? What five thousand? It's nine thousand. Whatever, nine thousand, five thousand. This is Sparta. 
All right, so what's this topic we're doing? First, we have a five-star review. Ooh. Oh, we do. Yeah, who wants to read that? I'll read it. Go, Go for it. Uh, the five-star review comes from Auber's Chan. Now, of course, you can also leave your own five-star review if you have iTunes. Uh, just leave us a review there. Even if you don't use iTunes, just download it and leave us a review. Come on. Don't be lazy. Don't be lazy. I will find you. Uh, the I review says, <laughs> I will find you, and I will kill you. Um, I listen to a few different anime-related podcasts, but this is my favorite one. I'm a fairly young, Aww. inexperienced anime watcher, but this never ceases to entertain me. With hilarious commentary and the Pope versus the Moe Archangel arguments, I would recommend this podcast to anyone who enjoys anime. It doesn't just stop at anime. There are segments with news about Japan, stories about experiences in Japan, and more. It's like being at the studio with them. I love this. P.S. Chiaki, I'm on your side. Moe Archangel for life. I want you to know that the Moe girls are going to get massacred in our character battle. The Great Moe Massacre. It's going to be a, yes. That's what it's going to be. There are going to be so many Moe corpses that we're going to have a mountain of them. Yeah, whatever. It's going to be it's it's going to be like those pictures of George Washington sitting on the bo- on, on the giant pile of uh, bodies from from the Revolutionary War. That's what it's going to be. Ooh. And I'm going to be the one sitting at the top of the pile. Don't bring up Washington. Washington's on my side. Okay, I I doubt it. Nice. With his wooden teeth. It must be nice. Wooden teeth. Washington on your side. Oh. God, <laughs> why does everything have to become Hamilton the musical? Because Hamilton. Because, okay. So today's main topic. <laughs> but first, JList.com. Oh, that's true. So JList.com has some cool promotions r- right now that I wanted to tell you guys about. Um, you've heard about the snack subscription that, that they had running. But right now what they're doing are these Dagashi sets. And they have the, they, right now they have the, Daga- the, the Dagashi Kashi Get it, Dagashi Kashi from that anime that you hated, Kasuo? Oh, God. With the girl who wanted to feed everybody candy or whatever it was? Yeah. The, the anime about candy and boobs. It was the, it's called, it's the Dagashi Kashi Dagashi sampler set. So it's $12. Here's a special treat for fans of Dagashi Kashi, the fun <laughs> anime and manga series about traditional Japanese snacks. This is the Dagashi Kashi Dagashi set featuring the delicious treats found in volume one of Dagashi Kashi's manga. I have two problems with this so far. What? One, they say the fun anime. Oh, come on. Two, they say fans of Dagashi Kashi. There oh, are no fans on. of Dagashi Kashi. So this is only a, this is a $12 sampler box that has three umaibos, potato fry, kinakobo, um, kamaiki iki beer, Morocco fruits yogurt, coffee milk candy, Budaman, Kudu Kudu Bow Jelly, and like 10 other candies. Oh my God. So, what you want to do is go to jlist.com and get the Dagashi Kashi Dagashi. Go to jlist.com today, <laughs> or you can use its non adult mirror site, jbox.com. What, what, For all your anime shopping what a, needs. What a name. Dagashi. Can you say that 10 times fast? Dagashi Kashi Dagashi. Yes, That's I can. That's pretty challenging. Hey, Cosmo. <laughs> Hey, Chiaki. Would you like anime goods and snacks? I sure would, but I can't travel to Japan for all this. Oh, Kazuo. Do you know where you can go to get a taste of actually, Japan? Yeah, actually, you will be traveling to Japan. And you're gonna go <laughs> and you're gonna go into a and you're gonna go into a seven eleven and you're gonna have your mind blown. They have seven elevens in Japan. Um, and they're so good. Are they called seven eleven? Did you know that seven eleven is a or Japanese is it company? Seven eleven? It's a Japanese company. <laughs> or is it how do you say 7 and 11 in Japanese? Straight up ignore me. It's a Japanese company? Yes. Get out of here. It is, I swear. And so and so is uh and so is um the stupid donut place. No, they're not Dunkin anymore. Donuts. 
Dunkin' Donuts, Donuts is not anymore. It's not Japanese. It, it, Get out of here. It was. Originally, it, it was. Originally, it was. It was an offshoot of Mr. Donut. Yeah. Oh my God. Seven Eleven in Japan is awesome. I feel so educated. Your mind will be blown when you go there. Okay, so so what is this topic all about? Okay, so we have talked about streaming and uh, a number of times before. All the way back to episode thirty-two was the first time that we discussed anime streaming with the, regards to piracy. At that point. And how piracy was potentially affecting the industry and what streaming, you know, where that played in. Then in episode 98, we discussed the best places and some of the best anime that you can get through legal means. And, of course, talked about streaming then. And then on episode 202, we talked about streaming again, but that time it was about the death of physical media. And it has died, by the way. It is (sighs) dead. So the last time that we talked about about anime streaming specifically with regards to really good anime that you can get on streaming was all the way back in 2011 and i think we can all like agree that anime streaming sites have changed an incredible amount in the past five years isn't it funny how we continually predict the future <laughs> i mean there are an anime analyst I mean, like that can, isn't a thing do we as the, do the three of us agree that physical media in the anime industry is dead uh, well technically no but I, one was also one close to it. No, okay, all right. But when I mean dead, I mean it's basically dead. When you mean when you say dead, you mean not dead. When I mean if you, if when you, I mean dead, I mean that you can't find a store anywhere that sells any anime ev- at all. If you mean Nowhere. dead in the fact that physical media has been reduced to a niche market rather than has been reduced to like the back pages of Amazon's used goods site. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm There's, talking about. When was the last time you bought an anime DVD? Just tell me. I want to know. Yesterday? Never. No, You've never kidding. bought one. <laughs> I've bought them. How about you, Chiaki? <laughs> I got one for Christmas. I you, got a Blu-ray. But you did not buy it. No, but I asked for it. It See, wouldn't have been bought without me. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. Actually, I did. I bought Redline. Oh, which is, well, that's worth it. Actually, wait, no. I bought Redline for someone for Christmas. Well, there you go. Oh, so, you guys need to stop. You're ruining my, you're ruining my <laughs> argument. <laughs> Apparently, the anime physical media is not dead if it's red line. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so anyways, so anime streaming has come a long way, and I thought that, one, it would be fun to give an update of some of the really great shows that you can get legally on streaming sites because I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong, this is just my postulation, but a lot of anime fans are in the habit of streaming things illegally because that's what they've had to do for so long. And... Mm-hmm. I know that it wasn't until even fairly recently that I was thumbing through Hulu and not just looking up the shows that I had to watch for this season, but actually looking at their catalog. And I started going, holy shit, they have a lot of really good shows, like a really expansive list of titles now. So one thing that I want to do with this topic is talk about just various really good shows that you can get in different places and try to bring awareness to it because... We all love the industry. We all know that illegally streaming is not good for the industry. Yes, there are things you can do to still support the industry, like buy merchandise if you stream illegally, but it's still better to get your stuff legally. Mm-hmm. There's just no way around that. Well, and, here's, and, and the thing is that, like, it's so easy nowadays to yeah. stream things legally. Like, you know, mo- most of the shows that you want to watch currently, you can just click over to an actual website that supports the industry and watch it there. And you maybe you have some ads, but that's it. Yeah. Just get ad blocker. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know like I know like with Hulu with ad blocker, they won't let it play oh. if you have it activated. Like like some of the sites will do that. 
Um, so that was one thing that I wanted to talk about. And then the other thing that I thought would be interested in, we've, we've flirted with this topic a number of times, but how anime streaming companies might become market changers for the anime industry because they are now helping fund and produce anime. We're not. And because they are becoming more ingrained in the production and creation and distribution of anime, how that will change potentially how anime studios view what types of, of content they create. Okay. I'm, I'm kind of waiting on you because you already jumped in with or not. Oh, yeah. So I'm I just feel fired like up. You should I'm fired up about it. You know. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh god that's what <laughs> life's all that's what life's all about being passionate you got to be passionate about about what you're talking about do you though you do, <laughs> oh, you do you do i just don't think that japan gives two shits about what any of the streaming companies in the in, in the united in the west do would you say they give one shit they don't even give <laughs> they don't even give a tiny little gerbil shit wow. not even that big wow. of a shit a tiny, not even no <laughs> not even the thought not <laughs> even what about no not even if not even the thought of or a stomach grumble of a of a pre shit. So, <laughs> so the reason why that I think this is a thing because of course I disagree with Mitsugi. Well, yeah. good. I'm glad you disagree. Let's have a discussion. This is gonna be fascinating because <laughs> Chiaki has facts and Mitsugi <laughs> has. I have nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so. Back in, I think we the the market started hearing grumblings of it back in 2014. Tummy grumblings, but dummy grumblings, shit, tummy grumblings, <laughs> not pre shit, dummy grumblings. Mm. Um, mm. But I, I believe it was announced in 2015 or 2015, yes, that Netflix announced that it's going to be spending six billion dollars in the next year. So we're in the next year on content creation. Why spend six billion when you can spend six million? million? <laughs> oh God. Um, a billion's more than a million numbnuts. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yes, six six billion they're going to spend on creating new content for Netflix, and so this is everything from Daredevil to and and the other and Netflix original shows like House of Cards and Orange Is the New Black that are incredibly popular. Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones. Which is awesome. So so Netflix has this track record that they're establishing of creating really, really great content. I mean, these are all really good shows and they're well respected in the industry. And people are starting to really follow Netflix as a content creator. And so Netflix has made the decision as a business. They've come out and publicly said that they're going to spend this huge chunk of money on original content creation. Well, some of that money is actually going to be headed, heading towards and has already started to head towards anime companies. So I'm quoting an article from Forbes, the magazine, the big business one. Yeah. Um, and this is from November 2015. So this is pretty new in the business world. We're talking in the past like half, half year or so. And this is an interview with Netflix CEO Reed Hastings. And he said that he was interested in having his company produce anime directly rather than simply distribute it. Now, this comes only just after Netflix has launched in Japan. So it's very difficult to make the argument that Netflix is making this as a strategic move to appease their Japanese audience entirely because they're getting into the market before they even really exist in the Japanese market. They're still permeating that market and gaining ground there. So investing in producing anime 
in part, I'm sure would help grow their local market in Japan. But you wouldn't make that much of an investment as a company if you didn't feel like you could get your return fairly quickly on it. And for that, they would have to be capitalizing on the scale of their overseas markets. Now, to your point, Mitsugi, Forbes does acknowledge the challenge of this quite succinctly. They say, and I quote, Well, I'm sure... Well, I'm sure Japanese anime studios will respond well to foreign investment. Most are still very inward looking and in that they will look to see what is successful domestically before making a decision. Not to mention that many studios are also hugely wary of Western interests exploiting their creative output. Often the main barrier in bringing anime to the West is the way distributors handle these properties, leaving the original studio somewhat cut out of the deal. Making Western markets more accessible and less exploitative of the Japanese intellectual property holders would be a shrewd olive branch to offer here. So what Forbes is basically calculating around this move that Netflix is doing is they're basically saying that, yes, in the past and historically, these companies don't give a shit about Western markets. And they have a couple reasons. One, they just look domestically first because that's that's very cultural for them. Two, because they've been burned in the past. They've and this is probably a reason why we see licensing for anime being such a struggle and and historically taking a lot of time and a lot of anime not coming to the West is is I'm sure for for the article to make that statement there have been a number of deals that have gone sour and that haven't been in the best interest of Japanese studios. So they haven't had perhaps that outlet that's basically saying we can get you to people, but we also want to be we want to be in bed with you. We want to be involved in these projects and committed to these projects. And yes, we're going to bring them outside of Japan, but they're going to kind of help everyone. So these are barriers that Netflix is working to overcome because Perfect Bones, the 12 part show uh, with production IG was actually Netflix produced. Just seems like a stretch to me because and here and here's why. I get what you're saying. Like I, I hear Netflix is going to put six billion dollars into content creation. That's that's great. They should be doing that. And what, what was that between now and 2010? Or was in, I mean, what what was the uh, the ending time frame for that? That was within the next year, and that was announced okay. back I think in fall of 15. All right, so that's great. I think that's awesome. That's probably why we have had a couple of Netflix movies, and we have Daredevil, which is really good, and some other stuff. But the thing is, is that well, six billion dollars is bigger than the entire global anime industry first of all so oh no they're not investing a hundred percent of that no. into anime my point with bringing I, up that statistic was saying that netflix is quite committed to putting up the capital that's required to producing content so like my thought is that netflix doesn't have much of a hold in japan it's uh you know japan is kind of slow to adopt a lot of things including technology it's a very old it's a very old population that, that probably aren't going to dive on the net on the on the usage of Netflix. Netflix seems like seems like a young person's type, like a, you know, a yuppie type thing, like twenties, thirties. Whereas most of the people in Japan are are in their forties, fifties, sixties, and they're working all the time. Don't have time to deal with that. But, so you've got Netflix who has the Western market, which doesn't really probably warrant a large investment in anime because people aren't, it, the market here is just not that big. And then you've got the West where they have no presence. I mean, then they have Japan, where they have almost no presence. They have no root. They, they have no roots in the earth in Japan. So, but I think you're thinking too American-centric, Mitsugi. You have to understand that, for example, going back to what I was saying about Perfect Bones, Netflix co-produced that with Studio IG. They put the money, they funded the anime, and it had it was the first original program from the streaming service that aired in 190 countries simultaneously. Wh which anime was that? Perfect Bones. Perfect Bones. Um, 
What's that was the, back oh, in yeah, July. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the one about the girl or, who not July, figures January. out murders and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I, I just didn't recognize, recognize the English title. And this was the first Netflix original anime that the company premiered on its platform in this way. So 190 countries this anime reached all at the exact same time. Netflix isn't just looking at it from a perspective of the American market. Sure. The American market has their lion's share. I won't argue that. However, what I'm saying is that this is a business play that is putting Netflix in a position to distribute anime globally and become a premier distributor. And to do that, what they want to do is they want to get in with the IP early and not have any of those roadblocks required on getting their the content to the streaming service faster. And they've already done that with Perfect Bones. So here's a question. Um there, as you're saying that you know that all of this stuff is not just going to be released in one country or another. They're looking to release it all worldwide. Um, well, my question is about the creation of the anime that they are going to be funding. Um, you do say that they have had at least that one show that they took part in. Yeah. Um, but to kind of what Mitsugi was saying earlier, Japan tends to not work well with American companies, or as far as like allowing them to take part in creation of their products. So. Do you think, I mean, could there be an issue with getting the anime created itself? Not necessarily distribution. Distribution, obviously Netflix has, you know, distribution is not a problem for them, but actually getting companies to work with Netflix to create the anime. I, now this is speculation at this point on my part, because I don't have any data that says hard and fast one way or the other. But the way that I would think about it is these companies are brought to a negotiation table with Netflix. And I mean, at no point is the company basically told you have to have this deal with Netflix or we're going to torture studio. So if there was a situation in which and that works on either side. So if there, it was a situation where the studio wanted a bunch of control that Netflix didn't want to give them, Netflix would probably walk. And if the studio er, and if Netflix wanted a bunch of control that the studio wouldn't give them or the studio could walk, you know, I like I think. I think it's one of those situations where because it's a business transaction, I think both people are going into it and they wouldn't sign on the dotted line if they weren't happy with whatever level of involvement they had. And I don't know what that level is. Like, I don't know if that was Netflix going in and saying, hey, we like the work you do. We have faith in it. Here's our way of saying we have faith in it. We're just going to put up the money. We like the show you pitched to us. Make it. Or if that was a okay, we like this show that you pitched to us, but we want to bring it into 190 countries and we think you have to change these couple things. Mm. And if you're down with that, we're going to sign the check. I just don't see any reason why Japanese companies should care. I mean, they don't care. They, they don't make anime for us. Okay, fine. There was like Space Dandy, which probably wasn't even just for us. And it's okay, once every 10 years, they make one show. So they don't make anime for the West. Netflix has almost... I mean, I don't know how many people in Japan are using Netflix. Probably not many. So they don't have very much reach. Well, didn't it just become available in Netflix, like, recently? It's yeah, it was Japan. within the past year, So, like, basically, they have almost no reach to the Japanese market, which the Japanese anime studios actually care about. And then they have a big reach in areas of the world where they don't care. So the Japanese companies don't... I don't feel like they have much of a reason... To take a risk okay. on these on, on something that and something that frankly they're very stuck in their ways and are very is, unlikely to take a chance. A, on is it. it a risk though? Because I mean, you're, you're saying that the Japanese companies only care about making anime for Japan, but if if Netflix is coming to them saying, "Hey, we're gonna just, you can just we're gonna distribute all this in Japan, but we're also gonna take it overseas and distribute it to hundreds of other countries at the same time, so you can make even more money." 
If it was, would, they, would they say no to that? If they were I don't so, think they would say no. I mean, but like, you don't think that Viz Media and Funimation have been trying to do that for years? And we know how they hard. Have n- I mean, they, we know how hard it is. Viz to Media get... and Funimation have peanuts compared to yeah. Netflix. Brand name alone. Yeah. I mean, I I was gonna say from my perspective, and and I'll I'll liken this to my experiences a bit with books. When I have an international publisher come to me who wants to take my book and translate it into another language and distribute it in that country. I look at it and I say, I really have nothing to lose here. I'm not, I'll take Turkey because Turkey is a, is a country that I'll be going into, I don't know, at some point because um, I cl- signed the deal with that publisher. I'm never going to be in Turkey. I don't know how to translate my book into Turkish. I do. Do you? Gobble, gobble. Very nice. I need a drop for you. Thank you. So it's like I can never do these things on my own. So having a company come to me and say, hey, we want to take this intellectual property and bring it over here. If it sells, great. I make some money. If it doesn't sell, I'm I'm in the same spot. So I actually think from the Japanese company's perspective, as long as they don't feel like from an artistic sense that they're being strong armed too much, because I could see that rankling uh, the Japanese sensibilities a bit. I could definitely see them looking at it as a more of an opportunity if they feel like their interests are being protected. I just think you're, you're looking at it from your perspective, which is you're like a young, very open to a lot of things, prof- young professional. And I'm talking about the Japanese perspective of very, very cautious about foreigners, not traditionally open to doing much of anything, mm-hmm. um, completely different perspective that we have a hard time uh, you know, associating with. And frankly, if Netflix was so successful getting this done, why aren't there more anime? Because there's 200 anime a year, and I've only heard of like two that they've even been involved well, in. Well, they just started back in November of last year. Yeah, And I can't see your point because historically Japanese companies – have not made the best decisions when it comes to They're just not open expanding and and you know using um, other foreign companies. Jib- so. Ghibli tanked because they wouldn't because they didn't want to use like Chinese art artists. I mean, give yeah. me a break. Something so I, I as c- simple as that. I can definitely see your point. I mean, logically, it would make sense if Netflix is coming to their company to say, "Hey, look, you do exactly what you're doing. We're just gonna help you get it to more people." That Logically, you would say, yes, of course, go ahead. But I agree. Japan isn't always the most logical yeah, when it comes to those kind of things. We're going to say, here's the most, here's the greatest deal ever for you, Japan. Um, Madhouse Studios. We're going to take all these anime you've got. We're going to pay you a bunch of money. And we just like put it on our streaming channel and people in America can watch it. And they're going to say, that sounds really lucrative. But, I know, so no. Yeah, they're, 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 yeah, their whole thing is. Okay. <laughs> Their so, whole thing is they've done it one way so long. I can I can definitely see that they would be five hundred old Japanese men have to sign off on it. I don't I don't disagree with any of that and, and I think it will be a one hundred percent barrier into making any of this a possibility to happen. However, markets change. Markets are changing. And the fact that something like Studio Ghibli can go under because they didn't change their ways is a very good example that no one is immune. And so whether or not the market is changing in this direction, studios are going to have to change. They had to do that. They did it kicking and screaming, but they had to do that with the digital age. Look at Sazai-san. Sazai-san, we talked about it earlier, it was the last holdout of like traditionally cell-painted animation. That's digital now. Yeah, it only happened about three years ago, but it happened. 
they had to do it to survive. And so I think that that's something that I think a lot of companies will start to look at and they'll start to see opportunities. Maybe it's not even necessary surviving, but they'll see studios that this works with mm-hmm. and they'll say, I want to be that studio and, and move in that direction. To that end, this activity from Netflix could be coming from other market pressures, specifically Crunchyroll, because on October 23rd of 2015, so just before that Forbes article came out with the announcement, Crunchyroll announced that they will be producing anime, not merely securing licensing rights for streaming. And they announced a joint partnership with the Sumitomo Corporation. So Sumitomo's largest investment is in the Japan's largest cable business, JCOM. So Crunchyroll and Sumitomo plan to create a company that will focus on funding anime projects. And this will give Crunchyroll immediate foreign distribution rights without any kind of need or negotiation. So that's the benefit Crunchyroll is getting from this. Crunchyroll sees this as an opportunity for studios to branch out with experienced partners. So, for example, CEO of Crunchyroll, uh, Kun Gao, I don't know if I'm saying that right, stated, many creators have a desire for their work to reach a more global audience, but they are unsure what moves the needle for fans outside Japan. We are helping them cross this bridge by bringing incredibly rich data from our audience, as well as letting creators directly reach anime fans through our social platform. Our goal is to enable creators and fans to connect more closely than ever before. And this sentiment was echoed on Japan's side of things. So uh, Iehisa Nakamura, who's the general manager for the media division of the Sumitomo Corporation, said that Crunchyroll is a leading company in the field of streaming video and is well known uh, known among anime fans overseas with whom they've built trust and a strong bond, which I love it because that's so Japanese to say, trust Mm. and a strong bond. With this partnership, the voice of worldwide anime fans can reach anime production studios directly through the Crunchyroll platform, which I believe will produce fascinating anime for a worldwide audience as a result. There's no way. I'm quoting... The general manager of, of well, yeah, the all, media division. It's all of PR, and PR and stuff. Yeah. Um, we would like to contribute to the development of anime, the anime industry by creating new anime for worldwide Japanese anime fans with Crunchyroll. So it's going to be a, it's going to be. I, I, I appreciate all the research, by the way. Um, I appreciate your facts. No, they're really <laughs> good. But let me tell you why. Let me tell wrong. you about my non facts. <laughs> <laughs> so like the, here, here's here's what I hear. I hear about, oh, we want to hear from the worldwide anime fans, which, by the way, also sounds like an incredible stretch because, well, it's like a bunch of old Japanese men who run these companies and they, they're they not that connected with, you know, the with technology to begin with. And now we're talking about translating, you know, dozens of languages, which, you know, probably, probably difficult to begin with. But I'm, I, I hear, oh, we're going to make anime that, you know, Maybe wet that maybe are tailored to the to the global market. Is that I think that's what he said, right? Right. Yeah. Well, you're talking about they are basically saying by doing that you're putting their own, you're putting their global their their glo- you're, they're putting they're putting their Japan foothold at risk by changing it in a way that maybe the Japanese market doesn't want. So like, what would happen if they heard if they had all this feedback from like Italy and France and Brazil and these other countries that I know watch anime? And then they change all this stuff to be more globalized, and then J- the Japanese market says, "Screw it, we're not interested in this." And then these studios tank because they don't have their they don't have their Japan foothold anymore. But I don't think 
I don't I don't look at this and see that as a threat because I see that as bad business. And I feel like the companies that are going to be attempting to do this are going to be forward thinking companies who are open to the idea of a global anime market. And to that end, there's so many anime that are produced every year now not just in general, but by individual studios, that it doesn't have to be an either or. It could be a both. A studio could produce, I mean, look at production IG. Perfect Bones was probably one of many shows they were working on at the time. And so they made that show. They fulfilled an obligation with Netflix. They had worldwide distribution. They started seeing how that needle moved and how the exposure worked. But at the same time, they probably had 10 other shows in the can that were exactly what the Japanese market needed. You don't sacrifice your existing market for the possibility of a new market, but when a new market presents itself in business and you have an opportunity to capitalize it without sacrificing your existing market, I don't know why you wouldn't take that opportunity. And yes, I get it. Because they're because they're in hyper conservative Japanese businesses. So, so I, I've, I've definitely seen Japanese companies go Japanese companies. Wow, okay, that sounds weird to say. Japanese company. Companies, go, why does it sound so weird? It doesn't. <laughs> and to me, it does. Anyways, I've seen them go under because of their stubbornness and unwillingness to change and to evolve. However, I think one of the good things about the anime industry is that it is not just one giant company. There's a ton of different anime studios. So will some of them go under? I think, sure, definitely. But then there will be others that will adapt and evolve and change with the times. And 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 this is a great opportunity for them to do so and to make a ton of money. So and I, I think we'll see a change, a shift. We'll see some die off, but there will be some that move forward. And that's and that's kind of the case that I'm making is that sink or swim, I think this is the direction that the industry is moving. Now, how much that actually changes anime, how much that actually influences the anime that are being made, I'm not even so sure on that because I feel like even anime fans abroad – like most are anime fans because they like the style of what's being created. I mean, not everybody is as jaded as we are. And so I think that even anime fans abroad would be quite upset if all of a sudden Netflix got involved and, again, using the same example, Studio IG started producing things entirely different. Like, it wasn't just a novel show here or there, but everything about their studio was different. I don't think anybody would want that, even even people who who are abroad. So I think that that will I think this is the start of a seismic shift in the industry and the way that anime is funded. And I think we'll see the change over the next decade to and I say decade like I'm not saying next couple years. I'm saying decade because I think that studios will fold. Some studios will adapt some will adapt more successfully than others. And new studios will be born out of this, of animators who look at it and say, you old guys are crazy. I want to work with Netflix. I see the value in this. I'm going to found my own studio. And we get someone new as, as a result of that. So uh, a couple of questions or things to bring up. Um, how, like, wh- what I'm, I'm trying to think of, like, what is, like, the... the monetization breakdown from country to country with anime like it, it does does really the vast majority of the money made from anime occur in japan yes or, i can look that up but like I'm, in comparison to the rest of the world like, I, I would bet my i would bet my right arm that it's yeah. more than 95 percent in japan and i would bet of that the vast overwhelming majority are dvd sales and character goods 
Yeah. Because they're not making a whole lot of money off of like of having it on television. Right, for sure. So I have it in yen for 2013. Oh, okay. For, we have the global breakdown? It has an overseas bucket. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, so, so the buckets are TV, film, video, distri- uh, distributing, merchandising, wow. music, overseas, amusement, and other. Where is this? Do you have this on the outline? No. I'd like to see it. Okay. I will paste it in. Okay. That's interesting. I didn't Done. even. I didn't think this kind of information was actually like publicly available. Um, so I have it broken down for um, transition of market of the animation industry. It's all in Japanese. Well, it it has it has translations oh, okay. too. Um, so sales of all animation production is is how it's being broken down. So the. For example, in 2012, because this is 2013, and a lot of times these market data is a couple years behind. Okay. Um, so for 2012, for example, the overseas market was, I believe, 144 billion yen, if I'm reading this correctly. Okay. Um, and I'm enlarging it. Um, whereas comparing it to TV, which obviously would be in Japan, the TV market was 616 billion. So that would make the overseas market just over a sixth of what the TV market. Now, some of these other ones, film, probably exclusively exclusive to Japan. Mm-hmm. Video, I'm not sure on that one of where how that would break down. I would say, guess that that could be mostly exclusive to Japan. Distributing, that one is really great for me. Merchandising, I think, could go either way. Over, overseas, the, the overseas market is 8.3%. Okay. So I was, I was, all right. So I lost my right arm for sure, but uh, I was, <laughs> but I was only off by three percent. So I mean, cut me some slack. So ninety. So basically, that means ninety-two, ninety-two percent of anime of all re- anime revenue is in Japan. Wow, that's crazy. It's. I mean, it could probably be a lot more if they'd be willing to expand internationally. Right. But as we've, as I've said, and I think we probably all agree, they're not very. They're not very like adventurous with their money, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I mean, another thing that I wanted to bring up and, and to consider is that, and I think we've briefly discussed this at some point in the past on one of our many podcasts that we do now, um, but about just the overall shift from like cable television, you know, to every everything becoming digital and on demand and and available over the internet. I mean, that's just something that's occurring overall not yeah. not just specifically with anime but of course it would also affect anime so um well i mean and that's i think i know where you're getting at yeah that's why i placed my personal time frame for how i see the anime industry changing at 10 years because mm-hmm. in my experience of looking at japan and just trends and adaptation of consumers there's about a five to seven year delay of like for example when iPhones were, became really popular in the U.S. Mm-hmm. It took about five to seven years before they were really popular in Japan, and so, and I just see that with other things in in and most most people whom I've spoken to again this isn't this isn't like official market data but just most people whom I've spoken to who are foreigners who've lived in Japan tend to when I say that they're like yeah that sounds that's exactly right so I think that we will start seeing even more of a shift. When, uh, to your point, Kazuo, when streaming becomes more popular inside Japan in the next five to seven years, and and when people 
potentially start ditching the cable box more because Japan also has a very old population and that's going to die off or start right. dying off. Can, uh, oh, go ahead. Can I make an ob- can I make an observation about this chart? No, just kidding. Because <laughs> this is like oh, I look at all day at work. Okay. Um, so the disturbing thing about this chart for the sort of like argument that we're having is that well. Clearly, the anime industry peaked in the early tw- in the early two thousands. Oh yeah, um, by far the best year for the industry was tw- was two thousand. And by the way, this chart is awesome. You should definitely save this link for future references, <laughs> for sure. Um, unbelievable data. So the best years for the anime industry were were two thousand four to two thousand six. I love how uh, Mitsuki's like, oh my god, this data is amazing. You know how hard this stuff. <laughs> seriously, <laughs> he loves is, data so ser- much. No, well, seriously, th- <laughs> this is an industry that that's comprised of private companies. It's right. really really hard to get any information like this. No, for sure. So, but here's the disturbing thing: the anime, the overseas market of anime, is smaller in two thousand twelve than it was in any of the prior ten years. So it goes completely counterintuitive to the the anime industry will become global argument because clearly the data doesn't show that. Back in 2005, they were doing 313, what is it, 313 billion. million? I think is, it's a billion. Is it billions? I think it's billion. They were doing 313 billion yen of overseas revenue. Mm-hmm. And in, in 2012, they were only doing 144 billion, which is about 40% of what it used to be. So it's, all, it's, it's clearly shrinking. So I don't know why, but it's clearly shrinking. But that being said, uh, if you look at the past three years before 2012, 2009, 2010, 2011, all of them kind of stayed constant around 160, which is less granted from 2002 to 2003, which was in kind of the flat line looks like around 230, 235. But if you think about it, what happened in 2012? We had a recession. What is the first thing that goes on people's spending when there's a recession? Discretionary income foregoes on on pleasure and non-necessities. And so people abroad, specifically in the U.S., but I know the U.S. recession kind of rippled outward and did have impacts on global markets, had less money to spend. So in back, back during anime's peak year, the biggest year anime has had in the last decade or so for you know, global sales... The, the overseas market was about 14% of the market, of, of, of the Japanese, of the revenue of the anime industry. Last, in 2011, it was 10%. So you were talking about the, the, prior, the years prior to 2012. From 2011 to 2012, the anime, the overseas market share went from 10.1 to 8.3, even though their overall revenue, went, even though the overall revenue of, of the industry went up. I know. So and, it's, and again, uh, it's my sig- point of that is... Significant drop. And that was the year the recession hit. That was exactly what I was saying. 2012? Yes. No. The recession was way, way, way prior to 2012. Yeah. Yeah, It was way before 2012. Yeah. 2008 was when... 2008. I mean, you can see that in the chart. The low point of the chart is 2009, where the revenue is the smallest. It's about, um, you know, however many billions of yen that is. So... uh, you know, we're tracking the overseas market. What about just the the anime market in general? Has it grown, shrunk? What, what's been the? It's been growing slowly over the last four years. Well, this is this is old data, right? But from 2009 to 2012, it, it was growing. But as Chiaki has said, we also had that recession, which caused a huge drop. I mean, the anime industry was literally sliced in half, right? So because uh, of the recession. Okay, and, and and currently it's 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 slowly making its way back. It would seem. I mean, but that could be even more of a reason for them to get 
um, you know, involved with a company ni- like Netflix because then, you know, their market would uh, potentially grow tremendously based on that. So, I mean, I could see that being a factor that would lead them to want to make that kind of a change. I'm not, I'm not saying they won't. I just think that, um, well, technology is unpredictable. So, I mean, who knows, like, where we're going? You know, I have no idea. I think they should expand it internationally. All I'm saying is that on this chart, the data would not tell me that. Graham Hancock knows. What does that mean? He's an uh, author. Oh. He, he wrote the the singularity is near. It's a great chart though. The <laughs> TV of TV based revenue. Here now, here's the good point for for your for your argument, Chiaki. According to this according to this chart, about a third of the anime industry's revenue is actually associated with TV. So if anything supports your argument, it's that they're making money off of anime being on TV. Hmm. So that if Netflix were to dive into this market and become a part of this, they would probably put Netflix either in overseas or into TV because, well, that's what it is. Or if the TV market begins to dwindle because people are foregoing television and cable for streaming services, well, they I will have to seek revenue from outside that market. So we've definitely 100% seen that in the States. I mean, if you ask any young person nowadays, like, oh, do you have cable? A lot of them are going to say no. Yeah. But do we see that change in Japan? Are, are, are young oh, people starting to, you know... Japanese TV is terrible, though. I, I <laughs> It's totally different. They don't have the the things that we used to watch on TV in America. They don't even they don't have that stuff. Yeah, I mean they don't have they don't have these like massive multi million dollar productions of of Game of Thrones and and they they don't even have anything remotely close to that. I'm gonna d- take a quick poll in the chat. Chat if you have uh, yourself personally cable, uh, go ahead and type yes. If not, type no. Not if your parents have paid for. It. Like if you're an adult, you live on your own. And you have oh, cable. For sure, it's going to be low. So I, mean, yeah, I, I just want to see so. what the chat says on that one. Do you want to? Let, let's let Chiaki get back to her outline because it's good. Yes. Oh well, I mean that was honestly everything else is just I just have a list of some good anime that I pulled off of Hulu okay. and stuff. Cool. Let's um, go through some of that. Why don't we? I'm looking at the no, chat right no, now. It is no, almost no. entirely no. Yeah, one person said well, yes. And see, like I said, that's my point. I don't have any hard data on whether or not streaming services are picking up on the youth of Japan. But I think it's logical that it would happen in the future. And I think that there's a market case for it happening. And I just think it's a, the, the average delay that we see in, in adoption for it. So anyways, anime that you can stream legally. And this is very good anime that I noted. Mm-hmm. Um, it isn't the newest shows, like some of them are very new, but others are just really good shows in general that you should watch if you haven't seen, and you can feel good about watching them because you know you're not hurting the industry because you're watching them through legal means. So the first one is obviously Hulu. In my opinion, Hulu is a very balanced streaming service that invests in older shows as well as picking up fresh titles. Some of the ones that I noted, I'm just going to kind of go really quickly through these. Um, and you can call out one or two if they're su- they're surprising after the fact. Um, but all of these are on Hulu for streaming. Revolutionary Girl Utena, Moara Penguin Drum. Haha, <laughs> going back to that earlier. Usagi Drop or Bunny Drop. Anohana, Death Parade, One Punch Man, Badakamon, Parasite, Dudadada, Trigun, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Diamond is Unbreakable, Azumanga Daio, Princess Tutu, Nana, Fate Stay Night, Unlimited Blade Works, 
Black Lagoon, Magic Knight Ray Earth, Hunter Hunter, wow. The Perfect Insider, Madoka Magica, Bakemonogatari, Slam Dunk. Yeah, that's a lot. Space Brothers, Cowboy so, Bebop, Shirobako, Mononoke, Your Lion April. It's a lot of fantastic shows on that list. Hack Sign, Black Butler, Oran High School Host Club, wow. Mushishi, Ping Pong the Animation, Nadia, The Secret of Blue Water, Space, da- Space Dandy. Crunchyroll hates this. Kill a Kill, Magi, <laughs> Loop on the Third Part Three, Ron Okay, 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 okay. Like it's overwhelming. Too many. Okay, so but my point is, is on there like they have Cowboy Bebop, they have Trigun, <laughs> they have Ronma One Half, which are old school classics, but then they also have things that are like brand new, like One Punch Man or JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Diamond Does Unbreakable, which isn't even finished yet. And a lot of the stuff I think you can watch even without a subscription. Like you can just go yeah. to the website and watch it. Um, question. It was brought up in the chat by, I think, what was the name? Like, Xylene or something like that. Um, and it was about the uh, internet, um, what would you call it, uh, the capabilities in Japan, the uh, infrastructure in Japan. Oh, it's amazing. It kicks our ass. Like, oh, yeah, the literally. fiber. The fiber is so fast and it's cheaper, too. All of Japan is on fiber. Like, yeah, they, all yeah, of it. They dominate our asses. They And it's it's $60 a month for fiber internet i think i was getting downloads and uploads in like the half a gig gig range oh wow okay yeah it's like what it's like 130 130 140 down or something ridiculous and, no and even more than that to clarify i think the name was x lynn i just <laughs> can't, we can't read okay we've been <laughs> through this already people yeah i actually i actually think japan's infrastructure is a lot better than ours but it also ours being the u.s's but that also makes a bit of sense because japan is smaller than some of our states <laughs> Yeah, it's about, so, as, what, it's about as big as California. I Yeah, I, I don't know about exactly. About, about comparable size. But, I mean, it's it's a lot easier to have amazing infrastructure when you don't have as much land that you have to build mm. it on. So, on Crunchyroll, Crunchyroll, I think, is one of the best places to keep up to date with new anime. Now, I think Hulu is making more of a case that they're picking up a lot of new shows, but... I think that Crunchyroll is oftentimes the fastest and has the most cohesive collection of new titles. Like when I started, when we started, when I got subscription services to basically all of these, I started looking at what services I had to watch what anime on. And usually Crunchyroll would have like all of the anime for the season, but maybe one or two. Whereas Hulu, I think would average around like half. I don't know how it is these days, but that was like a year ago. Some of the things that I pulled out from Crunchyroll's catalog, Attack on Titan, Kill a Kill, Magi, Roroni Kenshin, GTO, Monthly Girls Nozaki, Chihayafuru, Chi Sweet Home, Mushishi, Cardcaptor Sakura, Hanasaka Iroha, Loop on the Third Part 4, which you should totally go watch, Hosoki no Reitetsu, Kids on the Slope, 5 centimeters per second, Jinro, Captain Harlock. So even though they do have some older titles thrown in, I usually, when in, in scrolling through Crunchyroll's catalog, a lot of their content was newer. So I feel like a lot of their catalog is things that they've built up over the past couple years of existing and that are now four or five years old anime, but they got when it was new. And they're just kind of going into building out their backlog. Then there's YouTube, which YouTube. is kind of hit or miss. But one thing that I wanted to mention, because I think it's cool, Paramount, like Paramount Pictures, the Paramount Vault account on YouTube has just announced that they're going to be streaming, begin streaming Satoshi Kon's Millennium Actress uh-huh. on YouTube. And that's an amazing movie. So you should go watch it like 110%. And then there's Netflix. And I know we talked a lot about Netflix, but 
Netflix is actually the most anemic of all the streaming services. But there's still quite a few. There's still quite a few. Yeah. yeah. Um, some of the notable titles, Knights of Sidonia, Magi, Soul Eater, the 2013 Captain Harlock, Black Butler, Full Metal Alchemist, Inuyasha, Fate Stay Night, Gurren Lagann, Moribito, which is great, Persona 3 the movie, Nana, uh, Madoka Magica, the movies. Um, so there's still some really solid anime on there. I and literally only have Netflix for my nephew when he comes over. <laughs> I I have Netflix for, and and to our earlier point in discussion, I have Netflix for their original content. I True. love Daredevil. I love Orange Is the New Black. I love House of Cards. Like, are you the naughty uncle? What? No, <laughs> he's the one that's two, like, okay. Oh, he he's watches, two. Okay, he watches like Caillou and uh, Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol. Oh, dude, Paw Patrol is dope. Is that the shit right there? <laughs> what is that? You don't even know, bro. What the hell is that? But I do think it could be interesting going back to our previous discussion where Netflix is the most anemic compared to Hulu and Crunchyroll and well, makes them producing their own anime could be a way to increase their foothold in that. So and then there's also Funimation streaming, which if you like dubs who could be bought by Netflix and they wouldn't even notice the, the drop in their capital. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe I, I'm sure someone listening uses Funimation streaming and loves it. I've never really used it because the shows that I want to watch are elsewhere. So if you could only pick one streaming service for anime, this is kind of how I imagined we'd wrap up the topic. If you could only pick one streaming legal service for streaming anime. Service. Yeah. <laughs> if you could only pick one legal streaming service for anime. And I'm going to say specifically for anime, like this isn't a, you never get access to YouTube for all the other content on YouTube. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Um, which one would you pick? Crunchyroll. Yeah, it would have to be Crunchyroll. Because it's free. Well, there's, yeah, and also Hulu's it gets. Free. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. You just but, have to watch with ads. Yeah. But Crunchyroll gets, like, the vast majority of the new releases every season. If it's just for anime, I guess I go with, I go with Crunchyroll. I mean, if I'm only against because, I mean, actually, I think that, I feel like Hulu and the Crunchyroll, like, almost split. Is that, yeah. that Yeah, I think they, don't they almost split the, the, the anime properties every season? Hulu Crunchy, gets Crunchyroll gets like 90% and Hulu, at, at least in, in my very not scientific method of, of discerning this, I, I usually see Hulu getting like 50 to 60% and Crunchyroll is like 90 plus. I mean, 50 to 60% is mm -hmm. still a substantial amount. If I didn't have the podcast, I would pick Hulu. If I didn't have the podcast, because I like some of their backlog of older titles okay. that I just don't see as much on Crunchyroll. Now, Crunchyroll, I'm sure, will continue to expand in that direction. But if I didn't, I feel like Hulu is very good about getting the big titles and or the good ones from every season rather than just all of them. And so if I wasn't watching anime for the podcast, I would pick Hulu. But I, sure. I mean, I have to keep up with like all of them. So, yeah, I think the chat for the most part, said Crunchyroll. There were a few who lose in there, but yeah, mostly Crunchyroll. And then Funimation, I guess. No, nobody. Yeah, whatever. I mean, somebody watches it, I'm sure. Like, I'm sure someone does. I'm sure someone does. Some, somebody out there. The people <laughs> that work at Funimation watch it. Yeah. <laughs> someone who doesn't work at Funimation. No, what they do with the simulcast dubs is cool. Like, if you're mm -hmm. a hardcore dub person, right. that's cool. Like, I won't knock that. I'm just not. Like, I really don't care about dubs anymore. So. Yeah, I don't either. I like dubs. I, I, if if we're watching a show and the dub is available, I will watch the dub, just because it's I don't like reading. But it's probably <laughs> never available because we're only watching new stuff and they're not fast enough. Sometimes it is if we're like 
watching the last show of a season that aired before you know yeah i well, guess funimation, really funimation it. if it's one of their dub simulcasts they'll turn it in about a week mm-hmm. so they're getting faster but i just don't care about dubs personally yeah all right so i hope that was a good topic for everybody i hope i did well hope yeah i think that yeah, they thought, i thought it was a very good uh very good effort of lots of research i liked it so I know how we talked about being future seers on the podcast, and we've made a lot of bold statements before. Yes, I'm seeing the future right now. <laughs> I am gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say here and now. If we are doing, if we are doing the podcast still in seven years, I would. I would say that we would see a lot of titles that are co-produced. What does that mean? You can't say a lot if you're making a prediction. You gotta Define give a, a lot. Give I will, a percentage. I will say. Twenty percent of new oh, anime titles no way. would will will be in some way funded, produced, or co-produced. Okay, and I will by s- an anime streaming service. And I will say in seven years, you said. And I will in say seven years for when for when we are on episode for, for when we're on episode seven hundred of this podcast. <laughs> I will say and we're here all ancient. I will say here and now that in seven years we it still won't be more than ten percent. I think in seven years I'm gonna look pretty hot because I'm gonna have some like grays going maybe a little you, bit. You would you I could see you being the silver fox. I think so. You're like Anderson Cooper. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think in in seven years we'll definitely see some some change that way. I, I mean, but who knows, man? The the anime industry is so volatile. Or all the studios will go under. No They're more all under. anime. It's over. <laughs> That's it. All right, we're gonna take another anime news break, and when we come back, we're going to have a review on Musaigen no Phantom World. So stay tuned. And this is your Anime News Break. First up, for those of you who have been following the saga surrounding Anime Expo and background checks, there is some new interesting developments. For those of you who haven't heard, the Society for the Promotion of Japanese Animation, who's behind Anime Expo, had announced that everyone involved in in the convention, even including guests, had to be subjected to a background check. Now, as a result, apparently this was causing, well, according to rumor on the web, a lot of difficulties with bringing in overseas artists. Some people were even getting offended of the fact that here's a very famous illustrator that the convention wants to bring in, but, oh, first we need to make sure that you don't hurt children. It sounds like a good idea, but there's a lot of really tricky aspects to this. Well, they've recently made an announcement that scales it all back. The criminal background check requirement as part of the youth protection program is now only mandatory for its own employees and volunteers. Background checks are optional, but strongly encouraged for artist alley participants, exhibitors, press, guests of honor, performance, and vendors. So hopefully this will help them be able to announce some featured guests now that they've relaxed that requirement just a little bit. But hopefully no one's safety is sacrificed because of it. In other news, everyone knows how much I love collaborations between things I love in Japan and things I love in America. And this is one of them that's fallen into my lap. I absolutely love the acapella group Pentatonix. 
If you like acapella, I'm sure you've heard of them. And even if you don't, you still might have heard of them because they've won a Grammy Award twice. Well, the Texas-based acapella group and voice actor Daisuke Ono are being featured together in a new program at the Planetarium in Sunshine City Building Complex that's located in East Ikebukuro. It'll start on June 11th and run for about 40 minutes. The program offers views of the Hokkaido cityscape beginning 150 years ago until today. It's called the Starflight Hokkaido Program and it will be narrated by Ono while Pentatonix provides the music. Now, I know how much we all love anime commercials. I'm just charmed by the fact that they exist every time. And the Kumamoto Prefecture of Agriculture Cooperative Union's website has begun streaming a new one. It's titled Nikoya Shokudo, and it highlights produce grown in the prefecture. You can also find it on YouTube. Koji Aritomi directed and storyboarded the commercial. Aritomi began his career as a production assistant on Studio Ghibli films such as Only Yesterday, Pocoroso, Whisper of the Heart, and Princess Mononoke. Finally, while you're on YouTube, check out Utada Hikaru because she just released a 30-second preview of her music video for the new single, Hanataba wo Kimini, or Bouquet for You. This is the artist's first in six years. The video uses stop-motion animation with artwork by Keiko Suji. This was Chiaki, and this was your Anime News Break. Don't go anywhere because we'll be back to the show soon. <laughs> oh, Chiaki, what's wrong? I'm almost done with Dark Souls 3, and I don't know what I'm going to do with myself for the rest of the summer. Wow. Well, that really is worth crying over, isn't it? I know. Summer is such a lull in video games. I always have anime to watch, but I like to break it up with games, and I don't know what to do now. Well, don't worry. JList.com has a really expansive library of anime-themed video games. Wait, the same JList.com that I get my anime snacks and figures from has video games? The one and only. They have a really huge library of English visual novels, import PC games, import PlayStation games, and more. They have 300 games in total. Yeah, but Mitsugi, your Japanese is a lot better than mine. I can't read half of these. Well, I think most of these games are actually in English, so even a Moe girl like you can surely play a game in her native language. They're in English? That's awesome! I know I'll be able to play some of these. I guess I'll head over to JList.com and dry my Dark Souls tears with some anime video games. Hi, my name is Caitlin Glass, voice of Winry from Full Metal Alchemist, and Haruhi from Oran High School Host Club, and I am an anime addict. To the 325th episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous Way podcast. Back, you know, back again, again. You know what, Mitsugi? I have to give you credit for that main topic. Mitsugi's back, back. Wait, Hello, why are friend. you giving him credit for the main topic? Because yes, yes, tell me why. your idea? <laughs> because I have to give him credit, because usually when him and I have differing opinions, I feel like he doesn't listen to what I have to say to the point that I just want to throttle him <laughs> when the news break comes. I did good. You did. You did. You good. actually listened. Most I did of the good. Time. Yeah. I'm I, a good Mitsugi. You're a good Mitsugi today. Give me a five, Cosmo. Nope. 
Because <laughs> <laughs> you just went to the bathroom. <laughs> didn't so wash your sad. hands. Uh, you didn't give me any time. Now I'm going to eat guacamole. <laughs> like, nope, definitely not giving you <laughs> All right. Anyways, I enjoyed that. That's that's the moral of the story, so thank you. Um, the moral of the story is thanks for not being a dick today, Mitsugi. <laughs> Got to bring it back to, you know. Anyways. So we have a review. We sure do. On Musaigen Phantom World. No, Phantom World. What's the English translation of that? Myriad colors. No. <laughs> she was supposed to All say it. All right, say it, Chiaki. Come on. Myriad colors. There it's you it's go. not even a hard word. I, it's just one of those words for me, Mitsuki. It's I don't a, know it, what you want it, me to say. It's a seldom used word. But I always say Myriad. A seldom. Myriad? Oh That's what I always say. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's not even close. <laughs> And I think Mariah. And Dong Feast is in the chat. What's up? Yay. Okay. All right. So, so, so this was my anime. Kazuo hates me. Right? You hate me because you hate me for this, right? I don't hate you. I'm just disappointed. Okay. So, oh, snap. So if you'll recall, if, you, if you'll recall, you know what? You know what? I, you know, actually, I'm not going to buy into your haterade. <laughs> I'm going to rise above you. And okay. I'm going to actually do the review of this show. All right, How about that? Ahead. How about that? Myriad Colors Phantom World, otherwise known as Musaigen no Phantom World, is a Kyoto anime. It's a Kyoani show. Came out last season. So it began airing January 7th. It's 13 episodes long. The director is Tatsuya Ishihara, who is a very well known director, I will have you know, because he does a lot of the, he's done a lot of the key visual arts stuff. So he's done air. He did Chuni Byo Demo Koi Gashitai, which a lot of people like. He did. He directed Clonad. He directed Clonad After Story. He became Euphonium Kaon. Uh, well, at least he was an episode director in Kaon. He did Canon. So he's done a bunch of stuff. So Nichi Joel and recent stuff too. So he's very active. So, and the story of this anime, it's about a bunch of students whose names. The main character's name is is Haruhiko. And it's about the only name I remember is Mai because Mai, she's the, mad hot. No, because the girl kept calling her Mai Onesama, which looks like Mayonesama. 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 Mayonnaise. So I'm not gonna fall into your haterade. I wasn't hate. I was just saying her name. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna slip into it. I am immune. Okay. I took my shot today. I'm immune. So it's about a school of kids. I know. I know. <laughs> go ahead, no, go ahead. Oh, nope, not go saying ahead, anything. Do it. Nope, just do it. Nope, it it's not very original. It takes place in a school full of kids. And, I mean, would you say these kids have magic powers? Well, they have abilities. Would you say I there is call it magic. one male character surrounded by a bunch of female characters? I would. Would you say there are several moments where he trips and falls and lands on top of them in various sexual ways? A few. Would you say <laughs> like it's not a lot? <laughs> that doesn't actually happen a lot. It happens uh, quite a few times. It happens maybe twice. It ha- well, definitely more than twice. <laughs> no, it happens. He falls on a girl maybe maybe twice in the show. I'll fight you for that. Uh, I, you may win the fight I, because we because we all know that Kazuo is good at beating people up. Uh, in in the first, but two, uh, I would be correct. I'm not a violent person, but in the first two, it happens. Episode one again in episode two, and then like a few other times throughout the show. Did you watch any more of the show? I watched the entire show. Okay, well, yeah. it doesn't happen that often. So what happens more often is they sexualize the shit out of Mai. Right. But I'm not going to fall into that trap. (laughs) I saw what you tried to do. (laughs) Okay. 
So there are these phantoms that are in the world that are they don't really I feel like they don't really know what they are. But um they in the beginning of every episode they talk oh, about they do uh, explain what they are. Yeah, so oh they do yeah. they do explain it? They are um basically created by the human imagination. Like humans think of them and they become formed. Interesting. Yeah, it's weird. Okay, so some of some of them are bad, some of them are good or neutral at least. And there's a club in the school or a, a, a bunch of clubs that participate in phantom fighting, I guess you could call it. The school is basically a school full of people that do that. They have yeah. ability, they have special yeah. abilities. And and Haruhiko and Mai's team starts off the anime by sort of gathering other people, other members for their team that are have talents. So they so they pick up a girl named Izumi Reina who has the ability to like eat the phantoms. Right. So she'll like inhale and eat everything mm-hmm. in the area. Well, everything phantom. Like I don't think she actually eats physical things. Everything okay. Uh, everything phantom. Right. And then there's yeah. Ko- and then and then there's Minase uh, Koito who is the redheaded chick who can like shout and her shouting can like destroy them. Yeah. She's very off key too, I noticed. Yeah, her she's not like, she's not real good at singing. She's not a good singer. I was like, "Come on, can't you like hit a, at least one solid note?" My Kawakami who is mad hot, probably the hottest character in the show, I would say. Is that the blonde? Yeah. Yeah, with the redhead with the With the giant boobs. With the giant boobs and the very and the purple eyes, which by the way, orange hair and purple eyes is a very uncommon com- color combination. For anime, it's it's actually striking to me because I don't think you see it often. I'd call her blonde. Yeah. Um. Well, I guess it's not. I guess yeah. Okay, it's not orange. It's, she's not like bleach blonde though. It's somewhere in the middle. So, and then there is the other girl, the little girl, whatever the hell her name is, Kurumi, Kurumi Kumama Kumamakura, who has a stuffed animal named Aruburekto. Oh God, as she says it. And why, why, why do... And who, which can come to life and help fight for her. Why do Japanese anime companies create these character names that they, they have say. such a hard time pronouncing? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's cool because they like using German words and called anything. because of like their historical origins. and the... so, so basically the show you know, goes through its rounds of fun little one-shot episodes of phantom hunting and... The reason why this show got passed in the first place is you kept asking me how in the world it passed. I, I cannot, for the life of me, understand how you passed it well, on the first three episodes. The first, the first, the point to begin with. The, the first season, three episodes were the worst the part of it. The season when this show came out was bad. Right. Okay. It was a bad season. It was winter season, normally not very good of a season, and I remember thinking that it was basically like on the bubble to begin with, and the show is gorgeous. It is very pretty. It's gorgeous. Yes. So, if there's anything you can say about this show that we will now that we will not argue about, it's that it looks amazing. Some of and, the fight scenes were pretty good. The music yeah. is pretty good. The characters, while not that deep and somewhat, some of them are kind of annoying. Some of the characters are pretty good, in my opinion. And some of the, as, as Chiaki just said, some of the fight scenes are quite good. So that's why it passed because it was a weak season okay. mostly. Um, I was actually hoping that the show would get better. I think I passed it on the principle of being entertained by her boob limbo that she does in like the second episode. 
It was pretty. Oh, it I was pretty interesting, that. though, right? Where, yeah, she was trying to get under the bar. It was really, really low her, to the ground. Her boobs were like above the. So she was like she couldn't. So she ended up like doing a like a, a like the worm almost on her back, and her boobs started bouncing up and down. And she waited until they hit the low part of the bounce and went underneath it. Right. That was so ridiculous. And, it, it was, and, that, but, and you passed it on that? I, yeah, that's why I didn't like it. I was entertained by that moment. It was I hadn't I have yet to see Boob Limbo in an anime before. Um Mai is I mean, I find her unbelievably hot. And and yeah, it's just it's a fun show. It's kinda like Haruhi Suzumiya if it if if Haruhi Suzumiya was about phantom fighting. Because it's the show functions on its looks. It's style, and for the most part, the characters, and that's about it. And that's what Haruhi Susumiya is. It's a, it's, it's, it's the characters and the style of the show, and that's about it. So that's how that's what I would compare this to. Except I would say it looks better than Haruhi Susumiya just because it's so much newer. Yeah, definitely. I, I watched Haruhi not too long ago, and I was like, mm, doesn't look that great. Um, you know, looking back on it, so I felt that the show, the. The show was very, very shallow and simple. Very shallow, yes. Um, I felt like it would make a good chil- children's show. Oh, I was thinking hentai. No, no, no. Here, here's here's my reasoning. <laughs> so I now let me let me explain. Um, the the way that each episode was set up was very by the numbers and very straightforward and very simple. No one ever really like they're they're fighting these monsters, so it's like a monster of the week kind of thing, and they always win. Nobody ever really gets hurt, you know. It's and so I felt like okay, this could be like a good little kids show like a little monster of the week type show if it weren't for the fact that every episode had this one girl's boobs that just had like a mind of their own and were just bouncing all over the place um it does have its it does have its thoughts grounded in something that's a little bit perverted right so if it wasn't for that i'd be like well let's make a good little kids show I, i could definitely see that but it was it was just so ridiculous and over the top what they did with the sexualization of her like and and there were there was an explanation because like she would use this like magic power that was based on the elements and she would touch certain parts of her body that would like reflect those elements. Like I think water was like her kidneys. So like she would rub her kidney and then she'd be able to use this water power. But no matter where she touched on her body, somehow it was always a close up shot of her boobs jiggling. It's like she's touching her kidney and rubbing the, her boob at the same time, or she's touching wherever. Did you watch this whole show? Yeah, I watched the entire show. Okay, because she doesn't rub her. She there is a really explicit sort of explicit scene of her rubbing her boobs and stuff. Like oh in yeah, the yeah, second yeah. Episode. Yeah, and that's supposed to be like her. But it doesn't. She it isn't like she most. She's it isn't like she's self groping every episode. No, not I every mean, episode. It maybe happens but whenever she uses her power. Which honestly, compared to if you think about it, compared to or whenever she has a fight scene. That's that's an interesting. That's an interesting. Or whenever idea. she basically whenever she's on the show. No, I don't really. Agree. I really don't agree with that at all. I mean, I feel like the other. I, gr- I guarantee, if we went back through it and t- and counted every time she was on the show, there was at least a close up shot of her boobs. Well, that, at least that for sure. Her boobs are definitely in the show, but the the moments where she's like trying to call up her superpower or whatever, or grabbing or rubbing her boobs, that that doesn't happen that often. I don't think there's that many examples of her rubbing herself. Not sexual, not not super sexually. It maybe happens every other episode, right? I mean, it's 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 she's not the main character of a so- show, so she's not like always doing that. But every time she does use her powers, it definitely gets. Uh, and which is weird because there's a point where um, someone else uses the same exact powers, a male character, and 
he like you know rubs a part of his body and it's just normal he's just rubbing his kidney but then like when she does it it's like boob jiggle <laughs> and it's like he just did the same exact thing and it was normal and now she does it and it's like uh, it's just it's ridiculous it's when i go to touch my kidneys my boobs jiggle yeah yeah it's a problem so i would say that the that if you that if you were to make a case about the show being etchy it would be that in the opening video the opening video is the is for those people that like to that you know get up in arms about like all the misogyny in anime mm-hmm. this this anime Chucky's like okay it's okay Chucky Whatever, I'm, I'm I'm making I'm making a case I'm making a case on I, your I side. Do, I no, do, I know, but, but the way that you word yeah. things, well, I, not everybody, not everybody cares. I love how I love how like um, instead of having it, taking issue with, I'm ab- I'm about to I'm <laughs> about to say something nice that you agree with. I know, but I just want to say one thing, no. and I think it's funny is that whenever we talk about things that are screwed up, instead of being upset at the thing that's screwed up, you get upset at the people who are upset by the thing yeah, that's screwed that's, up. That's kind of my thing <laughs> you're like all these people who I have don't a think problem with massage i don't think it's inappropriate <laughs> to say that not everybody cares i would say probably at least half of our live audience doesn't care so i'm just excluding them okay so in the opening video they they show for the, about the first 20 seconds of the opening the first thing you see are my and uh, and reina right but they don't even have their faces no, in the shot. They don't. It's, it's like it's boob, like it's like butt. it's the it's the middle section of of my where you can see her tits bouncing. Yeah, and it's the ass of Reina with her skirt flipping up. Who has and, no ass? And, by and, the way, and they don't even show their faces. It's like it's it, it's so obviously a it sets the mood of we don't even care that they're human. No, all we care about is that they have tits and asses, and that is it. Yeah. And and that just sets the tone for the anime. And I was thinking, I said to Chiaki, that is a great example of misogyny in anime because mm-hmm. they don't even care that they're human. All they care about is that they have breasts. Actually, yeah, you used a better word, the objectification of women. Yeah, which whatever. Is exactly they what totally objectify them in the opening yeah. video. And then there's and then halfway through the opening video, there's a sh- I even remember where in the song they do it because the song is pretty catchy. Yeah, the song was good. But the it but then there's like that there's the mosaic out shots of them like laying down naked yeah that's all random. four of them even like the young one even is, is is the young girl even naked I can't remember I hope not I don't know I don't remember but the show definitely is etchy and wants you to know it it right. lets you know it within seconds of the opening video you know that it's etchy so and, and which is I mean I feel like the show had potential to be good like. There were definitely moments where it was like, oh, okay, they're going to go somewhere interesting with this. And then it would just be like, no, no, they're not. They're not going anywhere interesting with it at all. I could it's just It's just more boobs. But I thought that this was a really great example of when we go down the road and talk about an anime where they where you need to watch the first episode and then you can just skip all of it and go right to the end, this will be an anime that we bring up. Yeah. Um, but there were a couple episodes in the middle that I liked. Like I, One I liked... Um, and I'll have to explain why I liked it, was the episode where they went into the little girl's imagination world and you kind of are introduced to her her stuffed bear for the first time, like he comes to life. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. And he's like a knight protecting her. I liked that episode because it was, for one, it didn't have the girl with the bouncing boobs in it. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. It's just <laughs> normal characters. Um, and, and, and also because it was just a very simple, straightforward story. Like and 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 at that point, I think while watching the show, I had come to the um, the the opinion that okay, this show isn't going to be anything 
deep or meaningful or special. And then it was just like a nice, simple story, just well played out. And then it was done. And I was like, okay, that was enjoyable. Did you like the ending? No. You did not like the Okay. So no. why did, can you, can we talk about the ending without spoilers? Is that um, something you think we can do? We can, sure. I didn't it's not like, that deep, right? I, no, I didn't like the ending. And this is what I was kind of talking about earlier when I said that they had, they were, they, imp, they, they put a certain plot point in the show that was supposed to be deep and meaningful and did affect me emotionally because of myself having issues with that in my personal life growing up. So it was like, oh, you son of a bee. You're like tugging on my heartstrings. And, and it was like, I don't like this because that's not what the show is. And they're just doing this to try to get a rise out of people. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play the spoiler drop. Okay. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. So I kind of identify with that also because my father never did anything with me mm-hmm. ever. Right. Like I don't have a single memory of my father going to like the movies with me really mm-hmm. or going maybe maybe like once. Right. Or going to the park or going to the or anything, bowling, anything. It was always my mom. Right. God bless her. Um, so I kind of identify in this area also. Yeah. So, well, to, to explain what's going on, the main character's uh, mother abandoned him and then came back at the very end of the show. Right. So that way listeners well, now know sh- what we're talking about. Which, yeah, she came back, but you're still a bad mother. Right? Yeah. I mean, like, um, is there any way to get around that? Yeah, it, uh, yeah. Uh, the, and by you, the way... You have to be willing to forgive at some point. And by the way, this show is, like, not, not really spoilable because right. it's not about the story. It's about boobs and colorful animation so so yeah so the thing was and this is why now i can kind of speak on it more freely since we played the spoiler drop so his mother he grew up without his mother um and then she returns towards the end of the show uh, although at the time she's like possessed by some other whatever they call them demon monster thing um so and and at that yeah phantom and then you know some things happen he has to save her and all this and so it's like they're in in, in in any other show, I would be like, oh, wow, this is really sweet and, and meaningful. But it's like at this point in the show, it literally happens the last two episodes. So you don't you don't see her at all until the second to last episode. And then they try to force this these emotions on you. And you're like, no, I'm not buying into this because you, you, this show is about bouncing boobs and random crap. And now you're trying to force this meaningful, deep emotional thing on me. I'm not so, going to take it. So here's kind of my take on that. Cause I did watch most of the show. I, I think I missed like a handful of episodes, like two or three throughout the middle section, but mm-hmm. I did see the beginning and I did see the end. Um, I don't have any kind of childhood abandonment issues. <laughs> oh, I've got so many. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll just, I'll just <laughs> be transparent and say other than from an empathetic perspective mm-hmm. of that would be heartbreaking and that would be brutal. Mm-hmm. I can't relate to this. And and even on that empathetic level, I wouldn't even say that I can relate to this because that's just something that's yeah. that's so heavy that I wouldn't insult anyone who's who's been there and say, I get it, bro, because yeah. I don't. Um however, so so that's that's my frame. So my opinion might not be worth anything mm-hmm. here. That's why. But I look at it and I say I almost view it as something where I looked at it and I was like, if you wanted to make this a thing, make this a thing that you string through the entire series. Because I would I just am trying to think of it from a character and from a viewer perspective. You want you want the, as a viewer to buy into the character's emotions and you want to be kind of there with them. And I'm watching it and I'm looking at it going. This is just like zero to 60 Mm -hmm. in about literally the span of 
three minutes of runtime. Yeah. Where and and I do get the perspective of here's his mom and here's what he's always wanted and he's willing to forgive and, and take a chance and have that childhood he always wanted to the point of delusion. But it still feels like it almost feels trite. And then at the very end of it, the fact that that he does move toward that, I just look at it and I'm like, it almost it almost underplays the damage that that would have done to him in my mind. Yeah. The fact that it's just like. Oh, hey, mom. Okay, we're going to go back to being normal. Yeah. I, so, I don't know. I didn't mind it. Right. So, um... I was glad at, they tried anything. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm trying to think how I can speak on... Okay. So, fun fact, my father abandoned me when I was two, um, and I didn't meet him again until I was, like, 16 or so. So, throughout those years, you you have a lot of time to go through the mourning process and all that stuff. And I, I can definitely understand, you know, when the person finally does come back into your life, if they are seeking forgiveness, you know, if you've evolved personally at that point, then it's it, it doesn't have to necessarily be drawn out into this long, like, I don't know if I forgive you kind of process. Like, it could just be like, look, I get it. I know where, I see where you were coming from. You know, let's move past it and, and all that. So I can understand um, him mending that relationship rather quickly. But as you touched on, I did not appreciate how. They, I think they briefly mentioned his mother once, like way early on in the show, like just for a, a second, and then never touched on it again. And then literally the last two episodes, you're supposed to go on this emotional roller coaster, and it's like, no, you, you didn't, you didn't set it up properly. You can't just hit me with this at the last second. I was happy they tried to do anything, but in the end, I think that it was very predictable. First of all, because I think we all knew that the Phantom was his mom. It was pretty obvious, mm. and. Then the only thing I really took out of the out of that last part of the show was that was the fight scene at the end, which I thought was pretty good. And it sort of showcased what the show could have been if they had made it a fighting show. But even in that moment, they had to. It's like they wanted Haruhiko to have to bang the little pixie, little phantom pixie girl who was <laughs> who who if she had been full size, I, uh, I thought I thought she was pretty hot. Um. But, like, they they forced, like, there were tons of people shipping them at that point in the show, right? They wanted, Did you just use the word shipping? Whatever. <gasps> so, they there were tons of people that wanted them to, be, to get together. No! They, uh, him and the little fairy girl? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, because... I, say, I would think they would ship him and oh, the big boob girl. Man, they were totally doing him and the fairy because there was that episode prior where... where How we, would that even work, though? Where we thought, oh, I, like, we thought that there was the episode where she got big... Where she became big, right? And, and then he's like he fixing sit- her toes and stuff. Yeah, because she sit next to her in class, and you know, and then she blew herself up to save him, and then he saved her in the fight at the end. Mm-hmm. There was definitely something there. And then in order to get his full power, he had, they made him kiss her at the end. Well, and, and it I turned was like, out this that is just pandering to the audience. Well, and it turned out that she was a part of him. That had split. He had split off from himself. Oh, so that's so now it's so now what you're saying is that it's incestual. Well. <laughs> Is I it? commented is on it? that that it was like because at the is very well at the very end they were like well think of you guys as twins and she's like okay you can call me your sister and I'm like all right so now we're gonna cast an incestual kind of yeah note there it, it yeah it was that was weird <laughs> I just texted Kimiko that you used the word shipping me it's not even it's not actually a word I just want you to know that shipping <laughs> actually the not not in the sense that she's talking about 
<laughs> yeah, no, it's not. But it's one of those things that you always swore that you would never use, and Whatever. that Tumblr. It was a huge was mistake. I'll never say it again. <laughs> so now that you've made a big deal out of it, I'm never going to say it again. That's cool. I'll make sure of that. What if you, what if you need evidence. to send a package? You don't have recorded evidence <laughs> to someone. Mm-hmm. So would you say shipping then? Yes, you would. Okay. No, so I'm, yeah. I I didn't hate the show. I've seen I've seen so much worse. Uh, honestly. I thought that if they had given this show just even a little bit of substance throughout the course of it, even just a small thread line that they addressed every episode, that the show could have been quite good because when they actually had two episodes back-to-back that had the same story, I enjoyed it. So I, I actually, you know, emotional, emo, you know, misplaced emotional impact aside, I actually enjoyed episodes 12 and 13 because I because they were connected. And at that point, I have I was enjoying Mai and Haruhiko and the little pixie. I liked the three of them. And in fact, if if the other people had not been in the show at all, I wouldn't have cared one bit. Is this where we've fallen? Eh, I tried to have a story in the last two episodes. Sad, it wasn't that bad. I know it's sad, but I'm just my point was that because I enjoyed those last two episodes where they had the story for both of them, I thought feel like if they had just had a, re, a just an, even an average story. An average story with those characters and that level of animation throughout the whole thing, I think I would have really liked it. But instead, they they succumbed to random one-shot episodes that could have been written by literally anyone. You know, we're like a monkey's in the hot is in the hot is in the hot tub because he lost his girlfriend, and then they draw a monkey's ass on my's ass and make him get out of the pool. I mean, like this is ridiculous. Anybody could write that. So, are you saying we should write anime? I'm saying the show had a lot of potential with its characters. And I'm it's, saying and our it's, Shark Tank episodes would in, indicate such. With its characters and its and its stylization and and its budget, it could have been a good show, but it wasn't because they just didn't have the writing for it as usual. So, but it'll sell a ton of figures. There are probably already figures in Japanese claw machines and stuff. So, yeah. Um, I would give this show a very generous. Oh God. A very generous. Three phantoms oh. out of five. Oh, really? Three phantoms that got away. So you're saying it's a good show? I'm saying it's it's, a it's sli- above average. I'm saying it's slightly above average. I would not say good. A good show. <laughs> a good show gets a four. My, I'm just like, what? A good How sh- is this above average? A good show gets because average is. A bad anime. No, no, no. Bad is a bad anime. Yes. Average is an average anime. You can't you can't shift the scale based on the crap that we have to watch. I I would bet that if you went and watched every anime from the winter season, you can't find ten shows. It's not but it's not you can't base the score off of how good the shows that came out around it it is. I'm giving it three phantoms that got away out of five. Now fix it. Okay. You have a vote. So this show is not above average. This show is not average. This show is not good. This is a bad show. It it has a v- paper thin <laughs> the plot. The chat says Mitsugi has taken his happy pills today. This this show has a paper thin <laughs> plot. It it doesn't really have a plot. It's I mean, which is not always a, a bad thing. It could just be an episodic show, which is fine. But the problem with it is that it tr- it 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 pretends to, and it tries to like force this this plot on you at the last second, and you're like, what? This show hasn't been about that at all the entire time. I mean, yeah, it's pretty. You know, the animation is nice at times. The action sequences are interesting enough, um, or well enough animated. But Maya was so hot; it would have made a great. Uh, there, uh, there is, first off, when this show came up on so hot. on the list for us to review, 
I had no idea. What, I was like, I don't remember the show at all. And I don't think anybody listening to this remembered this show at all. I don't think this show left an imprint at all in the season that it came out. So, and, and I don't think I can recommend anyone to watch this show. I mean, I guess if you like b- boobs, watch it. Even though there's just one girl with boobs, and I mean, she's not in every episode. So you should probably just watch something else. But I would have given I would I would I would pay twenty dollars to have a hentai. Actually, what am I talking about? I just go I just go Google her name with hentai and that's what I'm that, and my <laughs> Kawakami or whatever her name is will come up. But that's the thing is like if you're looking for boobs, there are better ways to find boobs. I'm gonna do that while if, you score it. I'm gonna look if, that up. If you're looking for action, there's way better ways to find action. I can't recommend this show to anyone. It's not a good show. It's oh, a bad found show. Found it. Tons of hentai. Oh my god. Of that course, because that's the point of the show. Oh goodness. So there's even pictures of her doing the boob limbo naked. Of course there are. And I'm gonna click on that image. Jeez, see, the, the only the oh only. Oh my god. She's naked doing the boob naked limbo. Naked boob limbo. That's exactly what I told you it was. Is that have wow. the little sensor bar over her over her private area? Yeah. Yes, indeed. <sighs> so just score it for God's sake. I mean, the only good thing the show had going for it was the animation was was pretty good. Um, but don't waste your time on it. I I have. I would say that amongst the other shows, comparatively to other anime, the it's animation not, was. It's not. I know it's not. Scoring about, is not comparative. It is to other it, shows. It is when we're talking about the animation. Okay. I can only compare it to other animation, and it's better than most of the shows I've seen lately. Okay. In that regard. But as a show, it is far inferior. Are you incapable of giving it a score? Just do it. I'm. 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 You're I'm thinking about. I'm it? thinking. Do between... I get to give a score? I know what score I want to give it. Of course you you do. watched. Like, I don't know. I don't care. Give do, it a score. Do I get to score? You this? Give it a score. So 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 Kazuo can. I'm, think I'm about going. It. I'm, I'm going in between two. I'm, I give just, it. I give it two. I give it two boob limbos out of two five. Two boob limbos. I was gonna she give does it. Have, she does have two boobs. I was gonna give it a one and a half. Here's okay. a picture of her having sex while doing the boob limbo. Oh, fantastic! So not only is she doing the boob limbo, but she's having sex while doing it. That's so we intense. had a three. We had a two. Can I? And it's multi. It's multi talent right here. Can I? You. Can I score Mitsugi's score? <laughs> yeah, you can give my score a score out of five. I, I give your score a negative five out of five. So that that then is a two point one six. Oh, so it gets a two. Fine. I don't care. I'm not gonna fight it. I don't. I don't I'm not. I'm not invested in this. I'm show. at me, bro. I'm not now. Now I'm not just offended that you passed the show to begin with. Now I'm offended that you gave it a three. Mitsugi, you 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 broke my heart. <laughs> you know what? Well, at least I'm not. At least I'm not predictable. How about that? Predictable. <laughs> How okay. about that, huh? So, okay. All right. So we'll give um, Musagi into Phantom World a two out of five, which most people probably agree with. I would say. Now, in the Poke Rap, which Pokemon comes after Nidoran? Oh, uh, wait. Say, say the what goes Electro up? Diglett, Nidoran, Mankey. Mankey. Yeah. It's Mankey. Mikey. It is Mankey. He is uh, he's a monkey, and no one uses that Pokemon because it sucks. True. It sucks Aww. badly. Poor Mankey. No, he's about as useless as like a, as like Magnemite. <laughs> one of the little Magnemites. <laughs> you, you only have Magnemite to self destruct. Oh, worthless. <laughs> only like ten Pokemon were even usable in the original Pokemon. Squirtle, 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 and Vileplume. Squirtle and Squirtle. Vileplume would kill ten Squirtles. Whatever. Okay. I hey. showed you where I beat a vile plume. Yeah, but you were like 40 levels higher. That's true, but and still. It still almost killed you. <laughs> All right. Well, then. If you want to find us, you can find us at aaapodcast.com, 
iTunes. Don't forget to give us a rating on iTunes, especially if you like us. Facebook.com forward slash Anime Addicts Anonymous Podcast and Facebook.com forward slash groups slash AAA Podcast. To join the group and join all the discussions. Make a character battle bracket, please. There is no reason for you not to. It is free. We are giving you $150 of prizes. And, and potentially $1,000 right out of Mitsugi's pants. And seriously, I will literally, I'm go, I am I, I'm 100% sincere. I will fly to your house and give you $1,000 if you get a perfect bracket. Yes. Just go to AAAPodcast.com. And click on the bracket sign up thing. It takes like two minutes. It's funny for me. I'm so competitive. Just the just the process of filling out the bracket, like making all the battle predictions and seeing how I how I how I fare against other people. That's enough for me. I don't even need to win anything. But but no, we give you things too. So yeah, yeah. So yes, you can find that at aaapodcast.com. Just on the main page, scroll down. There's a whole section for the character battle. It'll walk you through it from there. And you can also join us on Twitter, Twitter at AAA Podcast or at AAA Kazuo for Kazuo or at Elise Koba for me. And you can talk with all of us. Thank you to those of you who joined us live on YouTube. We broadcast live on Sundays at 5. And it's always great to talk to you. The show is so much better with you around. And uh, yeah, this was, there was, I think this was a pretty solid show, you guys. After party. Woo! Oh, snap. <laughs>